Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you out there, Rob? Somewhere out there. <laughs> was that Fifle? You know what that was? Uh, yeah, American Tail. Yeah, they somewhere were like, out there. They were they were they were they were Maybe mice Rob or some other listening. some other assorted vermin. That, Since you know. you've been gone, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Since you've been gone. All right. So we're doing this a little weird on this show. Because we just did a swap cast with the guys from Grimerica. Podcast swingers. And yeah, yeah. we Sharing is caring. Swinging, you know, doing that that's, that's, that pod swapping. podcast. Pod, um, pod swapping. Pod swapping, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you actually set this up. Um, this, was, this was your idea. Yeah, I've been a fan for a long time and I thought, you know, it's it's really cool how they've uh you know carved out their own niche and just like i'm real inspired by their whole presentation they're like uh you know their uh, uh contingency plans how they're really you know actively envisioning uh it, what to do in the case yeah. of being deplatformed and this is, and it's a, just a really great great podcast that covers all kinds of paranormal and spiritual stuff and also conspiracies so you know definitely wanted to link up it's been a long time coming we also uh, talked a lot about New Thought. Yeah, which I was apparently surprised. they're on that kick. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, or at least Darren is. It is the American Creed, as Mitch Harwood says, and uh, by that it's it's you know a broader America, not just the U.S. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. So we have that interview, guys. I mean, it was about what two and a half hours? I think we were spent with them, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we were hanging out for a while, man. Yeah, so, shit. so this is gonna be this is gonna be a long show. So what we're gonna do is uh, we're we're gonna do this intro section, give our usual spiel, and then which is kind of how Grimerica does it. Incidentally, we've just fallen into their to their style on this one. But uh, we do have an announcement that we want to make. So it's good that we're doing this now. Um, we have put together a conference. And you'll actually hear this twice in this episode. But we have put together a conference that uh, is going to be here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we're calling it the Strange Realities Conference. Strange Realities. Yes. So we have the lineup, I believe, pretty much finalized at this point. Um, everything's up on uh, Eventbrite now. And we've got coming to this conference, we have Tim Banal is going to be there. Joshua Cutchin will be there. We've got Guy Malone, who you guys have heard on the show and who uh, Rob and I went to... Uh, be part of his conference out in Roswell, New Mexico, back in uh, 2017. Uh, we have our good friend Joe Damari, who's been on the show several times. He's going to be presenting his ghost hunting technology. And we've got Timothy Renner. So those are the five speakers that we have right now. Now, we are doing this, this conference at SIR Nashville. And we're going to have a big room, which is normally used for bands to to practice in but this can seat about two about a hundred people uh safely so we are selling on our eventbrite site just look up strange realities conference and there will be a strange realities conference.com that is under construction as of this moment and probably by the time this show actually is posted we should have that up so you guys can go to strange realities conference.com and you can actually find the eventbrite link there and you can sign up also that will be on conspiranormal.com as well so you guys can find that and i will also every episode from now until october i will be putting the eventbrite link up for you guys to if you want to join the conference to come on and do it the price is 30 dollars. that's prepaid now at the door that will be 40 dollars. so if you want to get come in Get you get a discounted ticket price from now until from now in late July until October nineteenth. That will be the price. Will be thirty dollars online. Day of the day of the conference, forty dollars. It's going to go up by ten dollars. So we're going to be doing a lot of promotion of this, guys. If there's any podcasts that are out there that would be interested in in us coming on to talk about it, we want to do that. Um, this is a good deal with a lot of good people. We're also going to, at the end of the night, we're going to have bands playing, and uh, we're kind of still sorting out that who's who's going to be there, who's going to play. But uh, Nashville is a great place to come to in the middle of, of October. It's one of the most beautiful months here. Oh, yeah. And uh, after you're done with our conference, you can go honky-tonk and do whatever you want to do. So that's the big announcement, guys. And yeah. actually, by the time this actually is going to post, 
you guys should uh, have seen. If you're be well aware. Facebook followers, you should be well aware of this as well. So just uh, Strange Realities Conference. Other than that, uh, usual spiel about Patreon where you guys can find that. As you're sitting there listening to this conspiranormal podcast in your chair, laying down, or perhaps absentmindedly doing some chores. Okay. <laughs> need some sound effects in there. That's yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to do some post-production. Some there. of those records we were listening to earlier. Okay, you guys can go to patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Or Conspiranormal to make a one-time donation. Like Adam said, on the Patreon, we are going to be having opportunities to uh, attend this event as well. Um, we're going to be making some new material for that too, so check it out. All right, guys. All right, so without further ado, here is our interview, our swap cast with Grimerica. Thanks a lot. Well, I noticed that you've been listening to your ways to achieve success and that you're starting your fortune 500 company yeah i'm trying to hypnotize myself into success so we've got a sponsor called you may have heard of it called zip recruiter no i've never heard and of you it. can further it. hypnotize yourself into success and if you want to help us and help the show and zip recruiter on behalf of our partner zip recruiter here's why zip recruiter is the smartest way to hire ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience and actively invites them to apply to your job so you get quality, qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Thus, rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal... You can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal. And keep listening to your self-help records. ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal, guys. Check it out. now, back to the show. Okay, guys, welcome to special bonus episode Swapcast Edition with Conspiranormal. Uh, Spiranormal podcast. It's going to be a fun one. We got Michael in the studio. We got Graham here. Conspiranormal podcast is in the house. What's up, we're guys? We're going to have some fun. And we're hey, live hey. on YouTube. Awesome to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys, you too. You do a bio? Absolutely. Bio? Um, so let- go, Adam. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start. I'll start. So. Since I'm I'm a, a yeah. somewhat new addition to the show, so you know I've uh, always been into the paranormal since I was like a little little kid, and about um, fifteen years ago or so, was listening to Coast to Coast pretty religiously, and I knew that there was a way that you could get it where you could where you could pay for it, but I didn't want to pay for it. Because I was really cheap. So I was looking for other shows at the time that you could find to listen to for free about the same topic. And I didn't even know really if anything like that existed. And I was listening actually to Coast to Coast that night. One of those, one night at work. And these guys were on called uh, Ghostly Talk out of Detroit. 
and they were they had their own little show and I looked it up and started listening and of course this show was free so this you know, the, so I'm like this is great this is a great thing to listen to and as I listened to that more other shows kind of came out and like the at that time this is about 2004 2005 there was no such thing as like podcasting really podcasting wasn't even I don't even know if the word was even around then it could have been but to just me it was about. just like a it was just like a radio internet radio show and through that show ghostly talk i found a couple of other shows one called um world of the unexplained and another one called out there radio which uh all these guys were like from where you know our region the in the south and world of the unexplained was one of my favorite shows to listen to it's just like basically just like a grab bag of kind of like paranormal topics and conspiracy kind of topics they had like the weirdest guests you could ever imagine like, I remember there was one that they had with, like, the Highgate vampire. And they had these guys uh, getting into fights over, like, who actually fought the Highgate vampire or some weird shit like that. <laughs> and uh, so we, um, so I was like, man, I would always call into that show. And eventually I thought, man, i really love to do my own kind of show like this, but I really don't know how to really do it and like at the time it was probably really kind of com more complicated than I think it is now so I didn't really have a way to really get it set up and a few years later I started listening to this show which is more kind of like a Christian based podcast called Future Quake and through uh, a conference that I went to I got to know the host of that and so he eventually hung up his show and I decided well I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So about 2012, I went ahead and I did. I started doing Conspiracy Normal. Had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, I think my <laughs> friends that I did it with, I think they thought that I was going to maybe just do it for like one or two episodes and then be done with it. And now we're on like episode 272. But we uh, started off with the podcast uh, with... Um, a good friend of mine named Luke. He was our original. He was our original, uh, my original co-host. Eventually, ended up doing it myself, and then uh, had a like a guy join us a little later on, about two years later, named Rob, and uh, he helped to really, you know, improve the show. And right now, he's no longer with us. Um, he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah. He's not. Uh, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, yeah. He's not. Uh, he hasn't left the uh, mortal plane, so to speak. But um, so this guy right here, Serfiel, hey. was actually a listener to the show, and I guess he listened to you to our to my show and to you guys' show, and he and I, I guess we corresponded a couple of times. I knew he was here in Nashville. He was really big into. Well, you can kind of tell them how you got into into that, like wh wh who you were looking for, and oh well, how I was, you stumbled I was just on kind of on my and... James Shelby Downard kick at the time, and so like I was listening to any podcast, reading anything about James Shelby Downard. And they had a they had a show with Adam Go Rightly, yep. and uh, then I got in touch with them, started hanging out, and uh, came I guess on I was like a guest on a show, or I was a just a, a guest. Watching a show, I guess. Just yeah, we put you on the two. Times. We put you on the. I gave him like a two like step audition process, where I put him, uh, I put him on like the two hundredth episode as like a, a guy asking questions, just to see how he would do, 
And, and now then, I'm in the band. And then, you know, I did, we did like a book review or something like that where yeah, I had you yeah. on as a quote-unquote guest. You did a hidden history you of know? Nashville book and so review. then I was like, dude, do you just want to be on the show? And uh, started on the show and was oh, a co-host, huh? and now he's like uh, essentially producing it. Well, he is producing it, so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how uh, I became a part of this, and... Uh, now I'm a permanent fixture, and now Rob's gone. And so it's just me and Adam now. We were talking about yeah. how it reminds us of those like pictures of Stalin they have, you know, where they mm-hmm. like someone gets blotted out, and then it's just Stalin, some other guy, and he's blotted out, and then it's just, I guess it's just me and Adam right now until he blots me out of the photo, and I end well, up no, being yeah, yeah. No, I, I said that I'm going to be blotted out. It's going to be the Surfiel no, show. No, no. Conspiracy Surfiel no. is what it's going to be called. It. Yeah. But, so yes. how how many do you guys do you guys do a weekly show or yeah we do yeah. We, we do yeah. a weekly show we don't uh, we don't do the live stuff like you guys do um we i guess we could i don't see any reason why we couldn't but um we just haven't really gotten into that but uh we we do a weekly show we record it yeah so that's uh that's what we do we do like a, we try to keep it like every week and uh yeah Try to get like a, at least one ahead, so that we got. And maybe if somebody's going on vacation, we get like two ahead. Try to keep it guest based, yeah. but we've been yeah. trying to do some uh, just uh, romper room kind of things lately, and just talk shit together, you know. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was good. That's the one we listened to on New Thought. It was really good. I went. I went to the romper room. I listened to a couple of your guest ones, and then went to the romper room one to sort of get to know you guys a little bit. And yeah, it was great. Cool. Appreciate it, man. We want to move more into that, do some more analysis. One, but it was good. Cool, appreciate it, man. Those ones are just a lot of work. I find, you know, it's like the romper rooms. When reading the essays, I got. I don't. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that's a lot of research and getting yeah. ready for it, right? Yeah, we do like I'm book like, reviews oh, and shit, God. and then, but yeah, it's it's a lot of work and just like basically, it's like writing an essay. You gotta, you know, get all this info down. So yeah. guests are a lot easier. Um, but those are fun to do. We oh, want to yeah, get better like, at it. She, Cruise yeah. control. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some guests I think you are know, more difficult reviews. than others, but yeah, we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, you were saying something about book reviews. No, I, we could do some book reviews. No, I couldn't. Could it be? Well, You'd have to read the book. No, audio book. <laughs> I'm listening to an audio book a week. We try to read like every. We try to read the book from every person every author that we have on the show yeah. we try to finish the book yeah, the time yeah me too yeah yeah i usually do it's it on hard. audio or sometimes i'll download the sometimes i'll download the pdf into a voice stream and just listen to uh to it read the text to me if i mean it yeah i try to do the same thing text to me i think having a grasp on the material is important as far as like asking yeah. like informed questions because you know i've I've actually have listened to podcasts where people, it's obvious that they don't read the book. You can you can kind of really is it obvious tell. I don't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, if, you, at least someone is reading the read book. It, so. yeah, yeah, right. And the authors really appreciate it too. They're always kind of you know like yeah yeah like Walter Bosley. He's one that really appreciates that we take the time to read it. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, for the longest time, it was just me really reading the books. But uh, Serfiel, you know, he, he really doesn't have to. He he will read the books and and get into the material. So I think it, I think it just really uh, 
makes for a more like kind of informed radio uh informed interview it's just so cool being a part of this now because i just get to like talk to all my favorite authors explore all these weird ideas you know it's just yeah. like a more than anything it's just a great uh you know opportunity for me to be able to meet people and talk about all this weird shit you know i never really thought i'd be in this position so it's it's awesome what yeah exactly how'd you manifest that the 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 hermetic power of new thought i, I saw it in my mind first <laughs> manifested reality this guy right here he's From the got mind like, of god uh, he, he's really been on this like um, 1950s salesman kick we're thinking about starting a whole new like counterculture uh movement to nothing guys dressing up like 1950s i think i can talking, grab talk talking, for a second i'm talking grab about their affirmations and all that kind of thing um what about you guys uh How'd you guys get started in all this? Well, I was listening to, uh, I mean, I've been interested in in the paranormal and and UFOs for a long time as well, similar to you. And I was listening to podcasts going back to probably shortly after they became known as podcasts. Yeah. And some of that, that was like, you know, UFO paranormal radio or like blog talk radio back in the the days. But then I found mysterious universe actually through a Uh, synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a guy with a guy that taught a UFO course in 2000, I, w- I went to a UFO course in the mid 90s in, a, in a college. Course? It was in a college. Did you yeah. get credit? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think it was part of a program. It was just a course. It was like a night course. Was there tests? No, there wasn't. I don't think there was any tests. Anyways, it was pretty cool. And I was thinking one day about the like years and years and years later. I was thinking about the the guy who who um, taught the course. I don't know why it came into my head, but I was thinking about him. I wonder what he's doing. And and I bumped into the guy in a Starbucks two days later in a different city. And I approached him and he just, he got all weird. And he, I was like, hey, I was just thinking about you. You're the guy that taught the UFO course. And he's like, what? He's looking at me like, and he said he didn't, uh, he doesn't really follow it anymore, but he listened to Ben Grundy. And then I, I, I searched Ben Grundy and found Mysterious Universe podcast. I was already listening to all these podcasts. Yeah. And then similar similar to you, I called I started calling in the Mysterious Universe a couple of a few years later. Darren's just cringing right now. And then I passed it on to him when I met him at, at work and he got addicted to podcasts. And then uh, the next thing you know, we're talking about uh, ancient mysteries and going to conferences and we decided to start one up on our own. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys went to uh didn't you guys go to the first Paradigm Symposium? Yeah. Did you guys yeah. go all the way down there? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. drove like fucking idiots. Drove like twenty hours to get there. Damn. Yeah, it was a long. I've done a lot of long road trips into the states, but that was the worst one. Yeah, it was like a sixteen-hour like, drive for us when we went to the one. The third was, one was the one we went to. Oh it was yeah, like so twenty, but it was flat as a motherfucker, like all the way there and oh, all bet. the way. Back. Yeah. There was no so change I must have in the terrain. At the third one. Then. That's what. What's that? I was at the third one, I think. Yeah, we 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 must have met you guys at the third one then. Uh, Isn't the third one when we had the whole little fucking booth set up? Like no, no, you guys, yeah. The the third one. Uh, That was uh, the third one. They did it at the Templar Lodge. They didn't actually do it at a hotel. Yeah, it wasn't that that crazy theater room place. It was like stairs all over the place. Masonic Lodge, right? Yeah, it was Masonic Lodge. Were you guys there? Because I don't. No. No, we were there for the the first three. I was there for the first three, I think. Yeah, I was at one and three. Yeah, but not the fourth. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Was it the female lodge? It was, uh, was it, it the Hancock. It one? was a Masonic lodge. It was like a Templar lodge that was there it in. Wasn't the female Templar lodge? Eh? No. Was no. it the Hancock one? Uh, it was just called the Templar Lodge. There. No, in, was, in, was it the Graham Minnesota. Hancock? No, no, he wasn't there. No, no. This was no, like uh, Lon Milo Duquette. And this was the last one because I know they're okay, not, yeah, I know they're not doing it. it anymore. So that was the fourth. That was the fourth year, probably. Then is it the one that uh, okay. got rescheduled? Yeah. Yes, that's the one that got rescheduled. Oh, yeah. so you went to the the paradigm, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't even know How really what that? to say about the paradigm symposium. Well, you know, it was good. You know, I got to meet Randall Carlson there, which oh, was nice. really cool. Was you know, um, didn't really know who the guy was at the time. Uh, had really no context of him, so he was just this kind of cool old guy that was presenting. Um, little did I know, like, actually how well-known he actually is. Um, so, I mean, we made a lot of good contacts. I mean, I had a I had a great time there, but it was just, it was really kind of, um, I, I don't think it was like, it was, wasn't to its former glory, let's just say that. You know, I, I, I that, that symposium, um, they really kind of shot their bolt a little bit with the first year where they got just like literally fucking everybody that was in ancient aliens. Yeah. They spent never a up. lot of frigging money and it just, it just, it just, it just constantly just kind of lost money. Like they, they, they didn't start small. They started big and then went small, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wonder how old Ramon's doing these days, man. He was a good little dude. Ramon, that was when I got to smoke a joint with Giorgio. Oh, is that the guy that uh, is like um, <laughs> Giorgio had Eric no fucking Von time for me. Assistant? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Ramon is Von Daniken's assistant. Von Daniken, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was great. So, what, what was your uh, what was your Giorgio Zucalo story? What what? Uh, well, first there's I was a story trying to talk here. To I can tell. First time when he. He didn't really uh, want anything to do with me. Dang. Uh-huh. And then he came out after, and I was smoking a joint. And he was like, <laughs> my best friend, fucking instantly. He's like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, Aliens. So then yeah. we smoked a joint, and then he was like, he seen me in the hallway after that, and he like came over, and he's like, why don't you come up to my hotel room? So I was like, okay. Uh-oh. So we went up to the hotel room, and I made him follow me on Twitter. And then after he unfollowed me again, the motherfucker. Because <laughs> he's never even come on the show. I mean, Von Daniken's uh-huh. come on. Everyone else has come on. But fucking Giorgio. Yeah, you guys have been getting some pretty big guests, man. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, but do you really want Giorgio so close on your show there, guys? <laughs> I mean, just, Not just, anymore. But, just but in all, the beginning, I would have loved like, to have him. But but you know like you know what he's gonna say aliens you know aliens. like you, you know you know exactly what he's gonna say there's gonna be absolutely no surprise to what the man says That's... or believes it's like well, what do you think happened who what do you think happened oh, I think it was ancient well, it aliens was I don't know yeah, yeah, I they mean, were assisting ancient man yes yeah yeah it's I mean, funny actually because I've been watching um, I've actually the last week or so I've been picking away at i downloaded the first season ancient aliens because yeah. i really found the first two were pretty good and then it just went like hard off the fucking rails well, well, well where but are they now they're one, like 16 season 16 or just I, something ridiculous I don't know. yeah 
Yeah, that's I don't, know. What, I don't that's have cable or TV, so I'm gone. But the first two seasons, you know, it doesn't have to be aliens, but there's just a lot of legitimate mysteries in those first like 15 episodes, and it's just like, you know, that's the mind bender I went down that ended up turning into this podcast and became yeah. Grimerica eventually. Right. Was the first season of Ancient Aliens? I was just like, holy fuck, you know. And then I started listening to mysterious universe and then we went to the conference and then we came back from the conference and then i was just like yeah you know we could be doing what those guys are doing no reason we can't be good right and you know it's funny because at that time ground was like you know it's too late then even rpj was like it's too late for another podcast you know you guys missed the boat and i mean i tell people today if they want to start a podcast that you know the podcast golden years are still in front of us yeah everyone should start a podcast you just got to cut out your well, own niche, depend- you know? I mean, you guys have it your own It depends on what happens. With- yeah, that's true, but it, it, it's going to depend on what happens with censorship, I think, and with licensing and all that. I mean, we're not going to be able to do this for too much longer the way things are going. Oh, yeah. The internet will evolve. It we always evolves. Have to adapt. Yeah, no, well, that, I mean it'll, we'll it'll be cookies. on our own. On our own, this it'll, guy we'll is going to manifest us into the fucking Stone Age. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's holding us back. We're gonna get you a tattoo. You can get your uh, sort of, some... get your ham license, and you can uh, maybe you guys can start a, a shortwave channel and just do it really old school. We got James Nation, that uh, he's our handler, and he also helps out with some logistics. And he figures we can do something where we can do like a piggyback off all the everyone's uh, Wi-Fi modems. So we can at least get to like Calgary. Oh man! And then see where we can get from there. If we could get Calgary, then maybe we could. We'll have to move the studio to like under one of these old derelict fucking towers with all the things <laughs> on it. We'll take we'll take over an old because this is all you know probably yeah. post apocalyptic. Yeah, if we yeah. can't podcast anymore, something's gone terribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. So then you might as well just go take over the old TV station or get the old van and start cruising around. And we'll do it. Fucking what's that old movie called? Where they're just cruising around like doing radio on the fly. With this radio thing. Is it pump up, pump up just, the volume? That's yeah. it. Pump up the volume. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know what? If you ever need a new podcast, you give me a call. This guy. No, just kidding. I'll trade him in for the worlds. So you still rent him out. Right? I rent him out. Yeah, if you need a gram for a while, weekend, <laughs> birthday party. A gram? <laughs> they need a gram? A gram or two. Yeah. <laughs> I have another gram I can pull in in a pinch. <laughs> so the, this though. this leads me to ask you guys, because this is something we've been talking about too, and uh, I don't think that we've talked about it as much as, we, as you guys have, but where all this is going with this whole censorship stuff, because there's, there, there's a lot of things going on right now that really kind of worry me about what YouTube is doing and um, uh, Twitter and basically all these, like all the gatekeeper sites that are really limiting what people can or cannot say or see or can or not see. I mean, it's, um, it's getting a little concerning out there. I mean, like the, 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 the latest stuff about Alex Jones, I mean, I mean, it's, I don't know how you guys feel about him or whatever, but you know he's but he's extremely buffoonish now, and he's just like really gone off the deep end. Some of the things, in my personal opinion, but I think he's got a coke problem. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but but restrict but restricting him 
and just totally taking him off. Allegedly. I was just yeah. joking. Yeah, we're just joking, Alex Jones. Let's Allegedly. But yeah, him getting we taken get off of the these show. of these platforms, it's it's a little disturbing. So what you guys' thoughts on all this? Well, what what do you what My do you mean is that is no hang, be... hang on, I want him to expand on that a little bit. Do you think that that's causing him to do that then? Like, is he to, losing to, it because of all this deep platforming? Is that what you're saying? Or, to act more and more. Is, is well, no, more I'm just, a, well, I don't think I'm saying that, although that, you know, you could have a point there. Um, I'm just thinking that, like, you know, people are very divided on him. Like, people either love him or they hate him. But it's like, that really shouldn't matter, considering that, like, you know, should the guy be completely and totally removed and restricted for anything that he says? No. No, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, he's, I personally, I, I like the guy. I think he's, he, he was right about a lot of things. I mean, look at the lying in the mainstream media. How can what he says be any worse than what's going on daily in the mainstream media? Yeah. Well, and constantly so, yeah. hoaxing shit. I mean, it's, 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 that's causing way more division than anything Alex Jones ever did. It's well, just, he taps into the truth every once in a while. And I mean, you know, people say he's a, He's a shill or whatever, and it's all a setup, but I don't necessarily buy it. I think that it's really affected. Uh, it could be affecting him personally as well as financially. I mean, just like all these other guys. I mean, I just saw, you know, a thing with uh, Stefan Molyneux, who's getting completely deplatformed now as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, Alex Jones is only just the tip of the iceberg on this. I mean, there's so many yeah. other people that are getting that are getting deplatformed. And it, it, it and seriously, like, it really worries me. Not that my YouTube channel has. You know, we have like 530 followers right now because I was pretty late to the game on that. But, you know, with the name Conspiranormal, is this like stupid algorithm just going right to kick us off, you know, just because oh, of that yeah, name? It's already doing it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, it worries me too. Our Matt terrible is. STO is finally paying off. <laughs> well, and, and like... Find us. No one can find us. Well, I, you know, the thing is, ultimately... I think they're doing it on purpose because they want to get regulated and or nationalized or whatever. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Either that's going to happen. They're going to get broken up. But I mean, we're slowly moving in the direction of not being on them, you know, or, or being on them for as long as you can. But, you know, like we're in the process right now of building a mirror of our entire back catalog for the podcast and having a backup RSS feed ready to go. You know, our website is going to is about to migrate out of the U.S. into a server farm someplace else that's got good protection that we're not too worried about. So, you know, we just go in the route of getting all our own servers and not going through any of those other places. Like, mm, you know, awesome. you can't be at whatever.wordpress.com or you're just asking for trouble, you know. And, and you might get kicked out of iTunes and you might get booted off of Spotify. Yeah. But if you have your own hosted audio on your own server with your own RSS feed, you'll always be able to get your podcast out. So, I mean, like, we've just looked at that road, and it costs more money. It costs, it, costs, it costs a lot more money. But now, all of a sudden, you know, we'll be in the position in a couple of months here where we can start transitioning people over to a new RSS feed. And, you know, eventually we'll have our own thing, kind of like No Agenda does, where we're just on our own server. So, sure, we might be out of iTunes one day, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully that doesn't happen anytime soon. Or, you know, so, but to me, those are all just search engines yeah so okay you can't find me in the search engine anymore but if you punch this thing into your pod player 
it's going to play it. Or if you punch it into the internet, it's going to pull up a web page that'll play the the thing. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, I just count my blessings and our blessings that we've been out for long enough that we could ride the wave as long as we could. But ultimately, I think you should be and looking And that we're at, not big enough that it's affecting us yeah. yet either. Well, yeah. the people that are big enough should have enough money in the side that they, you know, they're, they should be in the position to do it. I mean, if we can do it at our small size, look at, I mean, and our guy says we could even be streaming our own video right off our own server. I mean, it's just going to be harder for people to find. So ideally, yeah. you know, build your audience as big as you can before they, before they get there. But to me, aren't I going to feel so much better when I'm there? And I'm not fucking thinking, shit, I hope fucking, you know? And especially now while I am right. still small. We are right. still small. We're not making a living. What about when, we're, when you're making a living off it? You know, yeah. I don't want to think that, you know, YouTube or Libsyn can just make me disappear. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'll get onto Which my own servers. Which is happening so many people but, right but, now. Yeah, but... Servers that but, are protected by, you know, if we want to do something, we're having a, we're going to court. Yeah, but it goes it goes deeper than that, though. And the problem really is the financial services. So it's, pay, you know, we've yeah. seen the fuck Patreon messes and the PayPal stuff and the banks going after certain people because of some... Some uh, it's the same act thing, activists though. going going after the bank to get rid of some sort of uh, supposedly right wing, you know. So right then you got to find a new right bank, company. And figure out a new way. I, I mean, that's the only way to yeah, do it is to stay in front of it. I know, but that's hard with with you know you're asking for all this this support to come through you know channels that people use already. You can't just start you know well, getting yeah. people to send that's you a, know, cash in books. Well, I mean, yeah, you can. Difficult. That's the other thing. I mean, at the same time, your audience has to transition at the same time. Yes. And if the listeners aren't along for the ride, then you just don't exist well, that's anymore. A, that's a bigger picture because is that it's the internet itself has become so app-based that people don't even think about it. Like people who are a little older, like our age, do as far as we came into the internet with URL-based, you know, way of exploring the internet where you can go wherever, but a lot of people are just stuck in apps and I think they're going to be marketing, uh, you know, only app based limited internet in the future. So, you know, I, I think the goal is really to do away with the whole idea of what we think the internet is and to, to just be more centered in these apps. I think it's, see, I'm the opposite. I think it's about to do a huge reset. I think like within the five years that the the Twitter, the face Twitter, like Twitter and Facebook are gonna get MySpace. It's coming, and uh, I welcome it. And I, and uh, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen with YouTube. They're getting into live sports now, which is interesting. I mean, YouTube is. I could see YouTube slowly transitioning into as television slowly disappearing. And, you know, this, this, the television services, the cable services, the dish network services can't stay afloat anymore. So, and there's one thing that all those things are really good for, and that's live events, sports, all that sort of stuff. And I, I think that's slowly what YouTube's going to turn into. So, I mean, the other thing we do in the background is we're on all of them. You know, we're on DTube, we're on BitChute. We're on that bit movie. There's a new, there's a new one out. Yeah. Rizwan yeah. Verk made a new one. I don't bit, know if you guys bit know about it. You should, yeah, you should get on there for sure. I mean, Jimmy Church is getting three, four, five thousand views an episode on there. It's bitmove.io. Um, so yeah, they just we actually emailed they they're taking they took care of the migration and everything for us. They've been fantastic. So, you know, just extrapolate that content out wherever we can and get that back catalog. Is that's my, was my biggest concern was losing the back catalog. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, now that that's in a couple of spots, I feel a lot a lot better about it. 
That's and, cool. I really uh, admire those contingency I'm, plans you guys got. I mean, well, we're already seeing um, with the talk about like Facebook and Twitter getting MySpace. I think Facebook, especially, is going to be the one that's going to happen first because you're already Facebook seeing, is is dying. Yeah, it, it, it right is. Now. It is, and, and the FCC is about to fucking nail yeah. them for privacy violations on uh, phone numbers and something else. I mean, you're already seeing. You're already seeing. It's just like Facebook primarily now is a lot of older people, and it's it it, 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 it. This is interesting from a company that was so focused and geared towards young people in the beginning. Now it's become, you know, it's your mom has a Facebook, you know, it's, it's it's, people over 65 primarily are on Facebook. I mean, it's it. So I think that the young, a lot of younger people are getting away from it and go into things like, ironically enough, like Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, but something is always coming up to replace these, these companies. And as much problems as Facebook has had and a lot of the shit that has that has that has been done in like their their problems in the third world and like there was um this article that came out about how these people that all they do is they basically take stuff down off of Facebook all day and they're working mm-hmm. in like these just horrible conditions even like physically but mentally it's even worse because they're sitting there and you're, you're seeing all this shit just come out them. I mean, like they're watching people, like like oh, people killing animals and people like killing other people. That and that's that's oh. all you do is just take those just kind of videos stuff. down. So just like it, it, it is it's, it, it is absolutely like psychologically affected these people. These people have PTSD from their job that they're getting paid like fifteen dollars an hour to sit there and watch this stuff on Facebook. I mean that and on the that other is end unreal. of it, and on the other end of it, some other schmucks making fifteen bucks an hour to program the algorithm. Yeah, right, right. See, it has affected us though too. I don't want to also be saying that it hasn't affected us yet because we have seen shadow banning in iTunes, which is scary. Like the shadow banning in the U.S. iTunes is scary. Um, and then, uh, but, but what worries me more than our shows, even and that kind of thing is just, it's just life. Like, what's it going to be like in 10 years when, when you can't even criticize somebody? Cause they, like the Facebook's uh-huh. already said, you can't talk to, you know, Facebook's you can't talk about Alex, Alex Jones unless you're criticizing him. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, they're trying to actually control what we're saying. Like, this is 1984 stuff fully. And I mean, I know people I are talking about Facebook it and all that. But, is Facebook's going to be yeah, done. And I don't think anything's going to replace it. It's an example of one of the big tech companies. I don't so think anything's going to replace it, though. Google is, is censoring things without even meaning to. Well, yeah, that's so a huge that's, problem. So that's a huge problem. But I mean, they're in court. They're in, they're in the middle. Maybe this is just a phase, you know? I mean, the kids are going to have to do something different than us. They're probably going to talk shit and be like, oh, yeah, my dad, man, I used to share everything on the fucking internet. So stupid. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, we might be able to make privacy cool. It's it's possible. I mean. Well, I think or, it's already happening. I mean, I think you're going to see that nothing's going to replace Facebook and these big social media companies. I see no evidence that people want them or need them. And right. I think what you're going to see that replaced by is, you know, right now it's not that people want or need them. It's that they're fucking addicted to them. And that's the only thing that yeah. they're hanging on to is they've got people fucking addicted. And as people slowly wean off of that, I think you're going to see them get replaced by micro communities. 
discords and what's the other one that people are always on is slack and there's you know there's there's about a dozen of these different there's mastodon there's about a dozen of these different well they're starting to i mean i think you know who might end up being the winner of the day is fucking gab in 10 years we might be saying wow you know through all that adversity gab just kept coming back and saying fuck you we'll make it better fuck you we'll do that and you know look at them now you know they're about to take over mastodon again that could be a thing too i mean that's the other thing is maybe that's a whole backdoor scam but i mean i think uh i think at the end of the day you're gonna see five or ten years from now i don't think gab being on top of the pile would be outside the realm yeah but that's a long time to compete with these these companies that have been there they are monopolies and they're not just private they've been funded and subsidized by the government are you on facebook no are you on facebook Look, Facebook is for businesses and communities. There's a lot of yeah. people like small, um, like a midwife, for instance. They put it out to the community that they're looking for clients. Boom, that's your advertising yeah. right there. Facebook Not for is, long, though. Face, no, I think it's. I think you're wrong. I think you're totally. Do you know about LifeLog? LifeLog was the military's version of Yeah, Facebook. that was before they got Facebook. shut down the day before But it doesn't Facebook matter. People still need started. to want to be on it. Well, that's why they have to go on it. Like, so, but no your average user community. age is 65 years old. It's a complete and total MySpace. Like, if you want to know what's going on in your community, you go to the Facebook page. I, I don't. don't, but no. I miss out on a so, lot of so things. So, let's go. Do you guys, on, are either are you two on Facebook? But now also. Yeah, yeah we both are. We are. It's uh, also yeah. a market now. I want it without, so if I wasn't making music, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I want to be on nah. Yes. Facebook's yeah. on the way out. Those Facebook sells the buy and sell sites or, you know, Facebook's on the way out. I mean, there's no other way around. I would love to agree with you. I really would. But That's I think okay. you're wrong. That's no, because they've got they've got Oculus. They own Oculus, and they're going to be connecting everybody through VR soon. I mean, it, it's going to be a deeper level connection as well. And if my and it's, if it was started up by intelligence agencies yeah. on purpose, like it was created the day after that, when they'll Pentagon, keep it going and keep people addicted, addicted. Well, even if there is here's something here's something interesting, guys, about Facebook. Now, um, this is a trend that I've noticed, and I actually did it. I hell, I did it today. Um, now, down, you know, of course, you know, the social security number here. I mean, I guess you guys have something of an equivalence there in Canada. But when the social security system was invented in the 1930s, people were told this is not going to be used to identify you. <laughs> Slowly but surely, and especially, I guess, with the, with the advent of the Internet, all of a sudden social security numbers were used for everything. You want to establish phone service? You need a social security number. You want to um, do this thing. You want to do that thing. You need a social security number. Now with Facebook, I've noticed that all these other apps, like I was looking at Airbnb today, you don't mm-hmm. have to put in a login name mm-hmm. and a password. You can just log oh, in yeah. with don't, your Facebook. Don't for any of that shit. And that, that, and that just reminds me of exactly what happened with social security when... It was said it's not going to be used to identify you. Now Facebook is being used to identify you. And Facebook has your facial recognition information, so that's yeah. in more. And this whole, like, la- what was it, last week where everybody was doing that stupid old yeah, face yeah. app, you know? Face app, that, looking that, old. That, all that shit, you know, like, that was what we were taught. We were talking about this ourselves. You know, this is just facial recognition software. 
This is all this shit is. Every time that 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 that's put on, that that's put on there, and the, and the uh, people doing like the um, was it the throwback Thursdays or whatever, you know, so they can get older pictures of yourself. You yeah, you know, I mean, it's just all which the facial recognition <laughs> stuff is going really fast in America. Um, yeah. and there's like pilot cities like already in Detroit. They've got a real extensive system. Uh, Chicago's geared up and has all the stuff purchased. Um, but basically they're just putting, you can put in the surveillance systems first and everyone's like, oh, these are just cameras are not identifying everybody. But then, then they go for the contracts with the companies who can use that video data to, uh, you know, to use the, the facial recognition. So that's a, that's a real hot topic right now. And, uh, in particular in Detroit in this last year, it's really came out how extensive it is and, and well, how, how little public oversight there was. It's even integrated into the live police body cams and shit. It's and drones. It's, <laughs> but, it's really bad. It's like the Zing, it's, it, you know, Xinjiang right now is really, we yeah. had, we talked about that too on a, yeah. um, I think on a romper room, but, uh, yeah. it was a that's kind of like a, uh, the real, the real test pilot for what can be here, you know? very soon it's terrifying yeah, I mean, and that's total control i mean the the, the chinese have basically built this um the, the, each city in this uh territory in the western part of china which is primarily muslim they have basically built these high-tech concentration camps well it's not just not just that they're concentration camps each city is kind of its own little concentration camp and they're using all this kind of facial recognition software that is being basically designed by the tech companies here in Silicon Valley. It ties to MIT, too, and it's... Yeah. So they're being used as like this uh, as a test market for all this shit because you can get away with it over there because you're talking about an authoritarian government. Is there anything in Canada so, well, similar as I, far as the facial recognition stuff? I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Probably. Can I just read you this, the Wikipedia for LifeLog? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. LifeLog was a project of the Information Processing Techniques Office of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. DARPA. DARPA. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you 100% but that I've Facebook that is it, owned by the government. I've heard that it was actually before it was the defense. It was just ARPA, the original before. That's the, the internet, system. ARPA. Yeah. Yeah. Of the U.S. Department of Defense. According to its bid solicitation pamphlet, it was to be an ontology-based subsystem that captures, stores, and makes accessible the flow of one person's experience in and interactions with the world <laughs> in order to support a broad spectrum of associates, assistants, and other systems, system capabilities. The objective of the LifeLog concept was to be able to trace the threads of an individual's life in terms of events, states, and relationships. And it has the ability to take in all of a subject's experience from phone numbers dialed and email messages viewed to every breath taken, uh, step made, and place gone. And that was in quotes. And that was back in 20, 2007, maybe? I eight? remember when it was a big deal. I remember it being in the news that that was a big deal and people were against it and just like, holy shit, are you kidding me? And they, they ended up having to supposedly shut it down, coincidentally, the same day that Facebook, Facebook was started, launched. Yeah. <laughs> so this I mean, is, I don't care who owns it. I just don't think that people want to use it anymore. Yeah, yeah but they'll, they'll figure they it out. They have to. And as far as like maybe in the U.S., Facebook is winning the second-hand market, but in Canada, nothing's coming close to Kijiji, which is eBay. Kijiji is eBay, yeah. Which I think Google owns, right? 
No. Oh, I don't know. No, eBay's different. It's like one of the number five. I think eBay's a number five company. So it's basically your marketplace will be either Facebook Google or Amazon. Google. Google or Amazon. I don't know. I know in my life circle, it's I'm down to about 50% of the people that I know that still have Facebook. And I mean, five, six, seven years ago, it was probably closer to like 95% saturation. So I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if people are still using Facebook in five years. Ten for sure. I think a lot of people use it reluctantly now. I, they have yes. an account, and a lot of yeah. times it's not even there. I haven't had an account name. for five years. A lot of right. people understand to be very careful with it. So I just log in with my password. I've tried to I delete it email. several times, and it's still there. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can... You can you can quote unquote cancel your Facebook and all that information is still going to be there. It doesn't, I mean, it's, 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 it's never, Oh really yeah, gonna, that's right. I mean, you've really already fed go the away. beast. Yeah. yeah but exactly. that, that's no, no reason to just keep going. Well, I mean, I deleted it and canceled it and it says, if you ever want to come back, just, all you just don't do go is back. Log in. Yep. All you have to do is log just in. Just don't, don't log that's in. It. No, I don't mm-hmm. log in. And people tell me, Oh no, you, yours is up. It's there. Oh, my, the, yeah. mine's definitely not because usually after I delete mine, people will text me and ask if I blocked them. The main problem, <laughs> the main problem is that we, we can't even quite, we're not going to be able to question certain things soon, right? We can't question, you know, vaccine safety or global warming or whatever the conspiracy, whatever the, you know, the thing is, there's some third rail topics that we can't even talk about anymore. So yeah. eventually, you know, it'll just be. Well, I was listening to you guys, um, interview with Michael Shermer and it's interesting that, uh, you guys, in, you guys agreed a lot with Shermer on just these kind of basic things, and I, I, I would say that him being a skeptic, um, I guess, lends him also to being mis, being distrustful of government and their promises, and maybe like the intelligence oh. agencies and their promises, and the tech industry and their promises. So you know, we're we're really kind you of would hope so. We're really kind of facing, though. I think you know it. it, it Things have gone so crazy, and I know probably I don't know how crazy things are up there, but things have gone so crazy since the since the election of Trump here that I mean you you, you literally cannot I think question really anything anymore, and you got to like da- we 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 always have to kind of dance around these subjects because you don't want to really yeah. like offend anybody or you don't want to. And it and it's it it's really I think so you're self censoring already yeah 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 well I, mean, I I find myself doing it all the time because you don't yeah. want to you, you I don't you really don't a lot spark of spark spark this yeah um, there's not a lot of self censoring yeah I but think, I don't I don't know I mean we don't have quite as much political discourse as you. And I think that's where you really so. run into trouble. I mean, right. the one thing I've noticed actually is when I do open my mouth is that more people are actually on board than you think. Like yeah. I remember the one day I was in the stairwell talking to a coworker, we were bitching about vaccines and like a couple of drywallers came around the corner and they're like, yeah, fuck vaccine. You know, it's just like, you know, that's the kind I mean, it was the same thing in the States. So, I mean, we just went down to the States and it's kind of like I feel like most of that shit is online. Yes, you know, like you go. We went all the way down to Colorado and back, and I just had the greatest time. Everyone, the nicest people. You know, there's, you know, I wasn't wearing a Trump hat. Maybe that would have made it 
different. But, you know, I just feel like a lot of that hate is online or wherever cell phones are poked out or, you know, like even these like Antifa rallies are like, sure, they're happening in in the physical space, but they're like a percolation of something that's overflowing from a bunch of people online. Yeah. You know, planning rallies, planning to fucking basically start a fight on Twitter. I mean, that's what it is. Hey, let's all go meet up in fucking Portland and beat the shit out of each other. It makes real marginal groups appear a lot bigger than they are. And, you know, when people actually meet in real life, there's a lot more tendency to try to meet in the middle and see where each other comes from. But yeah, online, you know, everyone's just... It's conf- It's more conflict oriented, so that things look a lot worse. But yeah, I mean, it, it, Jack should just delete Twitter, and they'll give him the Nobel Peace Prize. It, 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 it <laughs> looks. Yeah. It looks tribal. Yes. You know, and 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 our politicians here are just playing to the tribalism. Well, and, and I think that's a fucking part of the screen. That's a part yeah. of the Twitter. That's a part of the Facebook. Like, it's not like that when you go downtown, and I got a fucking look at you in the face you know and it's like you know yeah i'm you know and it's not even that if it's someone's bigger or smaller or tougher it's just you know it's hard to look at another human being in the face and call him a piece of shit right unless you're a bad person you know or unless you i guess you can get that mob mentality or whatever but you know that's kind of what i'm talking about with these social networks where i don't see any evidence that they're good for people and I think the people in the science are starting to catch up. I mean, it's fringier now because these people have a lot of money to fight it with. But, you know, it's, I just think it's, I think, I don't know, maybe I have too much faith in humanity. I think the generations are going to change it. I mean, like I said, I think that this next generation will have to define themselves against us. And in order to do that, they'll have to, I think this going to be a lot less sharing. I think this is just kind of a cultural phase, like... I think they're going to want their own little well, underground. Well, maybe we should, ramp, you know, maybe we should ramp it up for a couple of years, though, just to ensure that that happens. Well, Britson was talking all about the Overton window with that. So, yeah, you could. You could push it really, yeah, really we'll hard. Yeah, we'll just like, we'll all just start it, having cameras. Everyone's live streaming back all in of the, the other time. direction even farther. <laughs> and that, yeah. That's really and interesting. And like, oh, my God, shut it all <laughs> off. Fuck, hit the EMP. <laughs> But I don't want to go quite that far. Yeah, no, because it could I'm go the opposite of what you're thinking, though. You know, yeah. it could go the opposite, where where instead of people stop sharing, it could be just there's no more shame and everybody just knows everything about everybody. I well, mean, that's the way I feel like it's I mean, going. if they're seriously talking... Yeah. Which I have to do. Well, if they're seriously talking about uh, universal basic income and things like that, people are going to need shit to do. And with this virtual reality stuff, I mean, is that what this new sharing is going to be about? Actually living other people's lives, the science fiction world. And that might be it. I mean, what the hell are people going to do? Just sit around all day. I don't want to be me. This sucks. So the government just gives me the stip in because there's no fucking jobs. It's all robots. So I'm just going to plug in and be this, like, you know, superstar all day, every day. And, you know, it... That's the apocalyptic vision that I think is bad going the other way. Like, yeah, you get, well, your, you get, your, you get your Libra tokens in there and you can spend them on upgrades and that's all you need. <laughs> You'd be so happy with that. It's like D&D in real life. Fuck You'd yeah, be on cloud nine. Right Graham just wants that. Libra, <laughs> just give, me, give me my UBI and put me into you need it to be Dungeons a good and AI Dragons AI world. So that fine. it just fucking automates everything and just, you know, lets you just find sand. Since we're kind of talking about all this, do you guys, what do you guys think about the Silicon Valley elite and their plans for the future, transhumanism, things like that? I don't know. Have you guys read or heard of that American Cosmic book yet? That that made a lot of waves in the community. And oh yeah, 
I don't think they're fucking anywhere near as close as they think they are. Right. And even even the stuff that I don't know about, I I just you know, I think they can do a lot of stuff to manipulate us and control us and they've pretty much got us figured out on how we're wired, but I think making a human is harder than they think. Yeah, yeah, but do you think they're trying to create a new religion pretty much around technology? Oh, I think oh, yeah. well, I think science is a new religion yeah. already. I think technology would just be like the Jesus of it, I guess. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. We're definitely moving yeah. in the technocracy. That's yeah. a global. That's the way they can get the global government, really. I think. But Except the thing for that, is, I mean, I think it's all you know. The more I talk to guys like Randall Carlson and shit, it's just like, ah, oh, whatever. We got you know. It's like maybe another thousand years till we get smacked by something and all the shit shuts <laughs> off. Anyway, so humanity has a chance. You know, even when the machines are running everything, and we're like, oh my god, we've made a huge mistake. You know, we get hit by a couple of big rocks from space. We live off of dead rats for a couple 1% of One percent of us survives. And- yeah. We repopulate the earth, hopefully smarter. Because, I mean, sometimes it looks like whatever got wiped out or whoever got wiped out, you know, at the Younger Dryas was maybe had their shit together a little more than we did. But maybe not. Maybe all their satellites and porn servers just got destroyed. Yeah, they were possible. It happens every 12,000 years. Imagine you just find a crystal in a cave and it just turns out to be a bunch of porn. (laughs) (laughs) They were trying to live stream it. Uh, They were trying to take a picture of it and put it on Twitter, this big light in the sky, and then it just uh, feed went dead. That's how it ends. Yeah, you find a way to get the crystal to play and it's just porn that ends with the end of the world. (laughs) So so are you guys more kind of into the whole like ancient civilization idea than like Say like ancient aliens idea. Yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, that. I that's, that's I where like that's both. where we are too. I like both, and I don't even rule out both. I mean, we were just talking to Scott Walter, and he was almost saying like he had a smoking gun for it. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think I think that we you know humans just have a way more complicated past than we think, and I think you know. Just because I think, you know, I, what I like to think is that the last time around, you know, because you could see how, and and it kind of goes back to what you guys were talking about with the the new thing and how, uh, you know, new if thought? new thought, how it was used for you know selfish success or monetary gain, and you know maybe that's how it is right now, but that's just in this zeitgeist, and I don't think that sort of ability to subtly affect reality is. You know, maybe it's new. You like, can, no, it's not. It's not made for this zeitgeist. I mean, humans probably aren't made for this zeitgeist. I mean, I don't know how we ended up here, but um, I think it's it's subtle. I mean, you can use it, and there's ways to hack it to do that sort of thing. Um, a lot of the older stuff before, like the secret and all that. A lot of the older stuff talks about how you know the important pieces are adding value and being of service before you do anything else those are the first two things you need to think about but you know i think it's just more of when you go back to when like especially the hermetic stuff it's just like it was a different world it was less about you know there was less of a reason for me to have a bunch of money in the bank it was kind of useless to me when we were weren't even really farming a whole lot yet we're mostly just like you know, a bunch of money is no good when I need to go out and get some fucking deer or some fish or, you know, it's more community based. And I think it's kind of that that's sort of what it is was sort of based in. 
And it's kind of like that. Well, I I lean towards the simulation end of thing, but it's sort of that same idea where they say you can kind of go into the spirit world, and that's the underworld, and that's where you can do the shamanic healing. Um, I kind of spin that on to we're living in some sort of simulation, mm-hmm. and you can just sort of start to subtly affect it. And I, I mean, the reason I think most of that stuff works, I mean, you don't even need magic for it to work because right. it can work. Well, it is magic. But really. I, it, yeah, yeah. But I mean, even in a world without magic, you know, we've got experimentation that shows that just doing those sorts of thought processes will gear you towards it. You know, it'll maybe, maybe you stop watching TV for six hours a night, seven days a week, and you'll do something productive with that time because you just change that thought process yeah. of trying to get ahead in life or trying to be productive. So it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't need to fucking rewatch every episode of The Office again. And I can do this, that, or the other. Um, I kind of lost where I was going with that. Do you know where he was going, Michael? I- the new thought that I've read, <laughs> I kind of synchronistically inherited a box of new thought books. Oh, cool. And Is that the box you showed us before yeah. CAC 2011? Yeah. Or and I've CAC only kind of just briefly looked through a few of them, but Got for the most part, it's... Thinking Grow it's Rich, seen, Power Positive Thinking, Psycho-Cybernetics, all that good stuff. Yeah, Theron Q. Yeah. Dumont. Thinking Grow Rich is one of my top five books of all time. Oh yeah, it's it's great. I I brought some. Uh, I've got I've been collecting a lot of these like New Thought and and Businessman records. I think since we got a visual component, I can show some of this. I just got this yesterday. Oh. Old Norman Vincent Peale, of course. What it takes to be a real nice. salesman. I'm actually in the middle of rereading the Power of Positive Thinking right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Because you know what, I think that that you know the the Bible, a lot of it's sort of in there. It just kind of got spun around too. You know, there seems to be this weird ability to, you know, I mean, that's the same thing. Like I think it's all the same thing, whether you want to call it magic, intention, manifestation, or just like the, the role of the observer in physics. You know, I mean, yeah, that all placebo effect. The nocebo effect. That's what I think it all is. No, it's deeper than that. The to way me, it's think. understanding. But they're the all sort of different fields. flavors of it. Understanding the subtle fields that aren't really taught anymore, that have been removed from the mass psyche. And when you understand more of the subtle fields, then you can kind of slip in and out of things. And you have, you have the ability to do things that pe- most people don't even know exists any longer. Yeah, especially, I mean, when I, I, I when I just even think to fucking back to like, you know, 15 years ago, Darren, man, that dude was like a different fucking species. You know, the chances that he's starting a podcast or building a business or trying to be an entrepreneur and that are fucking zero because, you know, it just doesn't exist. And if it weren't for some events that took place in my life that, you know, char- caused me to reevaluate things, you know, I could easily see how I could have and a lot of people get stuck in that sort of rut forever. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, that's sort of by design. You get sort of taught that, you know, all you need is a a decent job, that you get make a decent wage and maybe get some good health care coverage. And, you know, that's kind of you got to go to school, get a good job, you know, and that's kind of the mantra that you go with. And that's what the mantra that you come out with. And that's why you end up with an army of fucking robots just going to work every day. I mean, in Canada, it's interesting because you look at, I mean, I can't remember the exact number. Uh, you'd think I use the example enough that I would know the number by now. But the amount of like small business owners in Canada is overwhelmingly like past half uh, immigrants or people that dropped out of school. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they get better loans. They get lots of subsidies. <laughs> well, yeah. They get lots of subsidies. Aside from stuff. that, it's also like even like the Im- uh, an immigrant fellow I work with, he's like, well, he's just like, that's part of our our education process. Yeah. He's like, we, we get taught yeah, that too, working yeah. for someone is a temporary thing until yeah. you can do your own thing. Yeah. And it's like in Western education, that's not even a yeah. thing, man. It's like our education system is bought and paid for by the corporations. And they don't take that, that for granted. Want us to work for them. They don't take the opportunities to like in a lot of Western countries where you can just, uh, you know, get a bank loan and start a business. They're not taking that for granted. Like most of, of the people living there already. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think that's where there's a lot of room for that. So those sort of new thought books. And I, even like, even if there's no magic in the world, which isn't my outlook on life, I think there is for, is room for magic, but even in a world with no magic, people like Lynn McTaggart's intention experiments show that, you know, those affirmations and those thought process of saying, I can, I will, uh, you know, whatever it is, even with no magic, it can subtly affect because you've got that in your head. So now, you know, when you get off of work, maybe instead of saying, ah, fuck, I can't do it. I'm just going to watch the ball game. You're like, you know what? Maybe I can do it. I'm going to try and write that first chapter or I'm going to write the outline for the book or, you know, I meditate or exercise or whatever it is. I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to do some small step to try and make my life better. And, you know, and I think Peterson kind of slips into that in a few ways, too. I mean, he's got some bigger political pictures. Scott Adams. Adams, I mean, systems instead of the process. Scott Adams book, How to Fail, is probably he's it's one of my top five books of all time as well. But um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I there's something going on. I mean, it's interesting when you start thinking about how the universe is laid out with all the fractals and everything else, and how who are we talking to? Is who's talking about that's kind of how compression works for compressing video. Yeah, it was martial efforts and audio. Right? It's like that's the same sort of thing. All all your audio and video that you're uploading to YouTube is made in these sort of fractals, so that can be easily expanded and contracted. Yep, that's right. It's the buckyball, right? It's that it's that that sacred geometrical shape that's perfect for compression and expansion, yeah. and it's fractalized everywhere. That's what made me really trigger about the thoughts. Like your thought is is energy. When you when you have a thought, it's got a it's got a shape and a an electromagnetic thing to it, and it's going to resonate with something else. Here you go. I got the Buckminster Fuller speaks. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. Oh, I love it. Had to pay a pretty penny that. for that one. Wow. Bucky that's Foley. a great collection. <laughs> so, Michael, what about some of those other new thought books you found in that uh, box? Um, I don't know. Some of them are just like how to how to understand your your energy field and then how to expand it and use it in different ways. I haven't I need to get read more of that. I've probably only gotten like 3 or 4 chapters. It's really weird, though, when I read it. It almost seems as though it's not that I wrote it, but I can almost, like, intuit, like, what's coming next. Mm -hmm. It's really weird how, like, they're powerful. There's a lot of powerful info in there. And it is very cultish, so you have to, like, tread lightly and keep yourself aware the whole time, you know? But Daydreams are dangerous. But I do kind of agree that, you know, a lot of things... There was the I I kind of believe that a lot of it comes from the teaching of the Buddha, because he really supposedly spent a lot of time observing himself and the nature of reality and consciousness, and then had a few grand epiphanies because of it, and then spent another forty years teaching those epiphanies basically in this technique so that you could do it too. 
And once you've learned that technique and practiced it, then you can begin to see where so many things in the world kind of are taking a bit of that piece and then twisting it a little bit and making money off of it. And there are lots and lots and lots of things that are like that. And because it's a good method, you know, you could totally, anybody could use it. It's universal. That was the whole thing. So for me, a lot of those types of things are, I mean, I, I can't, I can think of a few, but I don't really want to go into it too far. But but that's where the Buddha's mindfulness and concentration comes into play. Like to, for me, that's the foundation of all the stuff we're talking about is if you can't concentrate on anything for more than two seconds, oh, what, yeah, are, you, that's what are you going to manifest, yeah, right? You can't, if you have yeah. that. Some yeah. concentration practice, which which I think comes before mindfulness in a way. Or no, mindfulness leads to, for me, it leads to concentration. Well, for the most part, what I understand, there were three techniques. One of them is concentration. You I practice think that's that. older. I think that's more Hindu, the actual that's concentration. Right. He learned. It was one that he learned. And the one that he, uh, his epiphany was Vipassana. So it was experiencing the the mind's connection to the subtle body that's left in its imprints in the physical body. And you do that through observation. Mm -hmm. And it's, to me, it's like you have a rod of energy and you have a, you have a ring of energy that goes around it. That is your mind. And when your mind is focused to a certain amount, then you can begin using this to, um, projector. Well, the way he, the way one way to describe it is like in metallurgy, where you're trying to get a pure rod, you have to have a ring of a pure ring that goes around that rod, and it pulls the impurities out of that rod. That's how they do that, I guess. So sounds alchemical. It's that it's ex, it's exactly that, and from doing vipassana and then finding having these books inherited from a vipassana teacher's house mm. which i don't think she actually has anything i don't know that she even read them i think it was her husband that <clears throat> that died <clears throat> but anyway uh, it's a pretty wild thing and i think everybody should at least learn the technique you know take the 10 days the time to do it because then it's a universal technique that so many other things you you become aware of and the third technique is then how to give unconditional love and compassion for all of humanity and once you've focused your mind and purified your mind to some extent you know to whatever extent you can afford to invest your time and energy into then you can give more pure, unconditional love to the world. That was the teaching of the Buddha. And those monks can, like, change their body temperature and shit. Well, yeah. Once you learn to I'm, concentrate and then focus and be able to move your energy you can around. Move Wim Hof's basically a monk. You can fucking move blocks. Wim I mean, Hoff that dude's changing. Build pyramids. an excellent example. He's changing his body temperature while he's hooked up machines. He's curing himself. That dude's curing himself with his mind and changing his body temperature with his brain. So, I mean, it's not really that. That's what new thought is. That we had some sort of fundamental sixth sense before we started getting fucking hyper-distracted and beat down with responsibility well, the ai wants to keep you totally so that you have no idea or that's why we need the good idea to help the good ai this is just a phase before the good ai puts us on the cloud so we can all become light right 
Well, that's you're getting exactly to what when me and Adam read American Cosmic, we were seeing hints of this kind of new new religion being created in among the Silicon Valley elite, and yep. then also yeah. these hints of I guess you know for lack of better words, ghost in the machine of a lot of these elites thinking that they are in contact with something else. And then, then, you know, you can go way off the rocker to like Alex Jones's spiel about these clockwork elves and shit like that. But I mean, is, you know, valet was hinting at the fact that there is strange psi phenomenon around technology. So are we, are we piercing the veil with this technology and quantum computing? And if we are making machines that are becoming conscious, uh, you know, are they from somewhere else? Are we opening a gate? I mean, who knows? That's the type of things I'm well, really fascinated by right P- now. Pasuka also comes at it from a very Catholic point of view right. as well. I mean, she talks a lot about the Catholic Church in it. And so she's informed by that. And I think that what what could be going on is that there is maybe an actual concern by the Catholic Church and some maybe other people that maybe actually maybe in Silicon Valley itself that are actually concerned about possibly where transhumanism is taking us and that they may be, and I think this might be through like um, IONS, through Edgar Mitchell and guys like that, that they may actually be wanting to use this kind of like more interdimensional aspect of the UFO phenomenon and use it maybe as some kind of uh, alternative religion to kind of be, to serve as a counterpoint to transhumanism. Well, that's that, and that brings me to what, what's going to be the, that the Trump card for globalism is the, is the blue beam and the fake invasion. Like that's, that's going to be the new religion that comes out that that brings the the globe together, man. Yeah, that was, that was going to happen. That, that's what was the aliens to finally show up and Graham's not going to believe it. He's going to exactly. be like, no, no, he's a, you're a government show. <laughs> the original plot of, now they change it from the movie, but the original plot of Watchmen in the graphic novel was this fake alien invasion to bring oh, wow. the world together. Wow. Well, in the movie, they changed it to Dr. Manhattan, you know, destroyed yeah. New York or something, but that that's not, in the in the original comic book, it's an actual fake invasion of and i mean that, from space that's interesting i didn't know that and then that that also makes me think about the my little theory on the deep state thing which was you know podesta and clinton were supposed to be the disclosure right the disclosure team and uh mm-hmm. you know that whole advocacy group is so pissed off that trump got in and then trump you know as soon as that uh that U.S. Navy video came out, and the New York Times started started not making fun of this anymore. Trump started Space Force. I mean, I think he's also trying to get ahead of this whole thing, and I think it's going to be a race to what Michael was talking about earlier tonight about patenting the technology and then shooing it away somewhere so they can say that the whole alien thing has also been solved. I mean, that's to me. It seems like there's two forces. One is pushing them to put this out so that it can be free to humanity and begin to unlock a lot of problems. You know, you won't need combustion engines, for instance. You won't need to have 90% line loss with these massive towers that go all over everywhere. I mean, you'll fix a lot of things by Hopefully having that Hopefully it's still an out. option to just, like, have an old, like, Peter Ford to take down a grocery store, like, well, on Sunday. You can still totally, use, sure you can still will, use yeah. gas on Sunday. They're really pushing now in the narrative and... Um, to the Stars Academy is also somewhat pushing this, I think, is where they're really pushing the interdimensional aspect instead of calling them extraterrestrials. 
Yeah. So they're really pushing the spiritual aspect of this phenomenon more than saying that it's a material thing. And and in one way, I think that that's good because I think that's, that's exactly where we need to be going and how we need to be looking at the UFO phenomenon from that viewpoint. But at the same time, I'm distrustful of it. What are they actually setting up here? Like, why are they, why are they using it? In, well, in then you're way. back to angels too, right? Yeah, angels right. and demons. Yeah. You just kind of go back. Fine. You're just using it. Then, I mean, if it ends up being interdimensional, then all all game it's game on. Yeah. All everything that everything is interdimensional. Yeah. You know that all the paranormal experiences become explainable. Yeah, it's a catch-all. So where's the stuff going to be? We were actually there? talking about that. How all the different you can actually leave your own solar system because. You know how these all, all these all the processional numbers seem to be baked into our reality. Yeah. So if a different solar system has a different procession, can you actually go to it? Has a different sacred geometry. It's, it's actually it. a different dimension. So all these solar systems that we can physically see, we can't actually you know unless you can't, also, you can't get to it unless you trans you you know you're transversing dimensions. But wouldn't a wormhole kind of like be able to? transcribe you sort of i don't know i mean well i mean the sacred geometry might we're measure pretty far up if you start we're like way past my physics ability of just saying that <laughs> if you start <laughs> measuring it out though it might end up being the same numbers i mean you don't you know there's that option as well you don't know the math on interdimensional wormholes well maybe we maybe it is but i mean it just seems weird to me that the numbers i mean that's another thing that points to Simulation. intelligent design is that the numbers of our procession and our solar system seem to be baked into reality. Reality, And, you know, we've got these strange rules of 108 that are baked into our reality. And it's just, you know, it seems... It, well, I mean... Maybe the numbers create your reality. The same, they are just thoughts. Well, that's the other ideas. thing. Is, is it possible that... Like you think in that's, the 10, you think in 10 base, right? That's what I was trying to say yeah. before. So if you thought in six instead, you would see everything totally different. Yeah, maybe, but it's still not going to change the ratios. Like a moon being 108 moon diameters well, from have Earth. To see what the math was. On and the this, sun so. being 108 sun yeah. diameters from Earth. And then the Earth being 109 times smaller than the sun, which just seems to be it's probably 108. We just can't measure the fucking it's sun quite properly. It's improbable. Yeah. It starts to lead into that. And it's like more and more people are saying, well, it's simulation, simulation, simulation. It starts to become, you know, more and more high profile people are saying that. And then the more I think of that, I mean, then. You know, that just brings us right back to intelligent design. I think it's and an that's excuse. what I thought of when you say, because if it goes that, then all of a sudden angels and demons are back. And then all of a sudden, oh, shit, it's probably a simulation. OK, so that means someone made it. We're on a we're on an intelligent in an intelligently designed uh, reality. Well, and it seems like in the media, I mean, I just got done watching t- the new Twin Peaks series and now I'm on the Stranger Things and it's like. A lot of these ideas of contacting the other it seem to really be in our popular culture right now. I mean, like yeah. Twin Peaks really messed me up. I mean, I was watching it every night before I went to sleep, and it's just it's just bad. But now I'm the on the Stranger ones? Things. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch any of them. Oh, oh dude, the Stranger Things is awesome. The new Stranger Things is fantastic. I don't watch it's, any of them. Have That's you guys good. watched it? I've never liked either of those. Have you watched the new I Twin don't watch Peaks? Anything. Like the, no, I haven't I, watched the old or new the Twin Peaks. I watched the new Lion King. The new Twin Peaks is just, like total. <laughs> it's like, 
the new Twin Peaks is like totally this uh, like Typhonian magic shit. It's terrifying. Kenneth it's got Grant all stuff. kinds of Kenneth Grant shit in yeah. it. Like, and we are warned. I was oh. warned that by our, our friend Ren. And uh, it's it's pretty deep, man. If you're you know somewhat steeped in the occult and you watch that, you're just like, holy shit! The whole thing just feels like a spell. Like it's it's oh. nuts. Yeah, you so should who's watch watching it. all this. Like, I don't know. Are yeah, they I'm really watch. these guys watching? He watches it. People? Well, we had Jay Dyer on, and that's what we talked about a lot. You know, I mean, he's coming at it from a you know pretty religious, religious standpoint, yeah. but uh, yeah, it is. It's oh, really by the way, you know, it is for sure. I I. I can't watch a lot of it. Like that one Netflix thing where the girl keeps dying over and over and oh, over. Oh, I don't watch any. I, I'm, That's just not good for I don't you. watch Netflix like, anymore. I'm done with Netflix. I don't know. I have a really hard time watching anything these days. I, I like the I'd new rather, Mary Poppins was excellent. Oh, Jesus. I'd rather watch that type of stuff with the occult <laughs> symbolism than the social justice warrior stuff pushed in. Like, I'd rather watch. You know that. what, though? Oh. One final thought on the universe thing. All that shit, all those numbers could still make sense in an electric universe. Because it could actually be held at those numbers, you know? Well, it's frequency, yeah. Yeah. So apparently so it's we... Not gravity that... We were supposed to ask you guys about social justice warriors, according to somebody on Twitter... Oh, that's our buddy Natachi. I don't think he'll listen to this episode. Maybe he will. He he loves to hate us. He's uh, uh-huh. him, him. He doesn't agree with our political stance. I guess, which is fine. He still listens to the show. We're still what, very no res- political stance. Well, you get a little alt righty from time to time. It shines through. <laughs> I was gonna. Say, you said we there. Our. You said it's our his political his stance. political stance. I'm an oppressed minority. Um. Anyway. <laughs> We still try to get along. He was just kind of saying that he doesn't like it when we talk about SJWs. That's a bad word to him. Okay. Well. So he's disenfranchised with us, but he still loves our interview style. So he's stuck with us. He's codependent. Yeah. I mean, so it's okay to disagree <laughs> Sorry, with people. I mean, it's okay to disagree. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're talking about yeah. is why we're in such uh, dire straits now is because people can't disagree. Yeah, maybe they should stop warrioring. You know? Well, maybe he's mm-hmm. just trying to say that if you didn't bash them, your population would grow. Hey, like, man, I was saying forever that everyone should get along and hug each other. I've been saying that. he really that. digs what you're saying. It's just then it throws him for a loop and he gets triggered. Graham goes on these tirades. So I did want to ask you guys this. I'm curious, and I've had some interaction with people from Canada, you know, just online and stuff, and... um you know, we we had Brexit in, Brexit in 2016, and which was kind of a more I mean that was a that was a conservative upswing in the in the UK. We had the election of Trump in 20 2016 as well. That was a conservative up upswing, really right wing. You know what's going to happen in Canada? Same uh, thing. Uh, Same thing. Yeah, because I'm yep. I'm real curious because I mean there's 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 a lot of stuff going on about Trudeau and. Um, you know, it's happened in Alberta already. Trudeau yeah. might actually end up squeaking out some sort of minority, but I don't think the, pr- so. the problem with us with our multi-party system is... Like, no one ever really has any power. It's just a fucking mess. Gotcha. They're all but the beauty about that is nothing crazy can ever happen very fast because they're just... Because it's all know, coalition it's just, based. But right? everybody wants everybody wants jobs back, really. There's, it's pretty slow in Canada right now. 
and it's, mm. it's not it's not getting any better. No. If it, if we keep going like this, we're fucked. It yeah. could it, it could be a major upset, but somehow that greasy Trudeau, I feel like he might be able to pull something off. And the yet. problem is, there's two conservative parties. I mean, I don't bear, I barely know any of this. I don't even. Really I think follow, it's almost but, all conservative leadership for the provinces right now. But there's what? two conservative parties that might steal votes, not steal votes. Sorry. They might, uh, you know, take votes from. So instead of it just being like one or two party system like you guys have, or, yeah, yeah. You know, they might get like thirty percent each, and then the the other Trudeau gets in by a small Bernie, margin because like you Bernie know, had to throw his hat yeah. in for Hillary yeah. at some point. But, yeah, I'm, instead of straight up going against her. Yeah. So what ha- what happened to the whole thing about um, the whole like what Jordan Peterson came up against about requiring like by force of law the about the all the genders and all that. Like what? Whatever happened with that? It passed. So it passed. But I think only in the east, only in Ontario. We can't. We can't. We can't deny the Holocaust. We can't do certain things. We have to be very careful with our speech. I think it's only in Quebec and Ontario, though. I think technically it's only for. I don't know. It might only be for like government employees or something. Official capacity. That's true too. It doesn't. Blame on us. I mean, honestly, if someone asks you to call them something and you don't, you're just a dick. But you probably should don't. We don't need to be start making laws around that kind of stuff because I mean, right. that's a slippery slope. Well, Canada yeah. has hate speech laws already. Right. Yeah, we've already started making laws around our speech. So you which can't I don't say anything with. hateful against anybody, like especially any oppressed like minority. My, do they have like a trial my, or what? Well, well, there's hockey, a list well, of words. Yeah, it's like if someone were to defame you, to say something about you as a private person, my team, you could take them to court over defamation. Or you just get suspended from hockey. I mean, my, team, same, my well, teammate in hockey got thing. called my teammate in hockey got called something sarcastically, like, oh, aren't you beautiful? Right. So he said in response, are you a fag? And he got kicked out for like three games. Uh, so this is where we're at now with like men's sports in Canada. You know, you, you you guys. I'm sure you played contact sports before. It can get kind of heated, right? You we're can't even this say the wrong thing again. I thought we were done having this conversation. <laughs> and on the I show. would say it's nine right out of on 10 topic. Come on, right along with it. But I mean, how does it? So so are, do you you get criminal charges on you, and you go to you, do you go to a trial or what? Like, how does that work? Like, if Buddy was actually homosexual, he could have pressed charges against him. Yeah, but he he instigated it though. This is the problem. And like, where do you draw a line between calling somebody? Well, this like, is why you shouldn't have laws on speech yeah, yeah. or protected classes. It's yeah. a slippery slope. That's the thing. And right? I say that as an Indian who's a protected class to a certain extent. So it guys can, exist. all these young guys can call me old or slow or fat or bald and that's fine. Yeah. But make it, you know, you know, respond to somebody's comment. Well, about no, that's not saying, fine. You beautiful they or shouldn't whatever. do that because it's a dick thing to do. But it's fine legally. Yeah, that should be fine Because I'm legally. not protected. Yeah, you should, nobody should be. Protected. But you are, for some reason. It's because I'm <laughs> one of the most oppressed people in the world. Okay? <laughs> right? You guys fuck shit up. <laughs> How about just sorry? Sorry. So, so, so. <laughs> oh wow, we solved it, right? So, there, so, guys. so, what, 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 what are you, Darren? I'm, I'm curious about this. He's part what of Dennis Oven. Uh, I'm Ojibwe. Uh, <laughs> I'm Mishkigogaming from Ojibwe, which is part of the Anishinaabe people. Okay. okay. Where where are they from in Canada? Over by Lake Superior. Okay. Cool. Over by Ontario and stuff. Yeah. I'm from Arizona, so I grew up with a bunch of natives. But I've heard we that. We prefer Indian. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. 
Is it not First Nations there? I thought that was the, the correct term. In I'll tell you what. My stats North that I just got again, just replaced my old one, still says registered Indian on it. Oh, so. man. Uh, well, maybe you can sue them. I don't mind because I prefer Indian. Over but. Aboriginal? Yeah. Yeah. First Peoples? No, they should change the India to something else and we'll be the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. They can be the Hindians. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So what about you guys? What about you guys and, and, and these? I mean, it's it's interesting because you guys are the ones having to self-censor yourself, but we're the ones with the laws over here. Right. So it's like it's like it's like the part of the outrage culture and the and the the uh, guilt by public. Well, public, the court of public yeah. law is affecting you guys more than the actual laws are affecting us up here, unless well, you're playing hockey. You know, of, we you know, we we feel the same oh. way as far as not you know. Are you off for three games. We we feel the same way as far as uh, not being a dick, you know, and that's how we live. Um, my difficulty and something we've really talked about is how much really of just a, a bourgeois white people thing uh, that is. And I've really lived my life really diverse with a bunch of different people. And it makes it hard to be politically correct a lot of times because a lot of those people aren't very politically correct. And so um, I have to go from a diverse environment into a non-diverse uh, white liberal environment and censor myself with people who actually do not live with a bunch of other people and don't interact on a daily basis. It's really just more of a, a white bourgeois phenomenon. I mean, and if you really are, you know, friends with people with different sexualities, different races, um, you know, a You're lot of them... up on each other all the time. Yeah, a lot of them are not very politically correct, you know, so it's like my socialization, I, I have to, you know, really be careful around... Uh, I have to be careful around really liberal white people. But like everyone else, actually, who are those groups, you know, is usually like we yeah. can hit it off and be it's, pretty politically incorrect. Right. It's it's yeah. It's 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 kind of ironic that that's exactly what what you have. You know, that's that's you usually yeah. He's right when you're dealing with other people that are maybe your same your same social class or your same race, like like as just other white people. That seems to be like where you gotta like kind of more toe the line a little bit but when you're dealing with people that are in those classes like you said like and, and, you know that you know, that they're supposedly protecting they're not politically correct people you know and so it's it it's this this odd kind of dichotomy that's going on yeah and it's, and it's like this, this there's almost seems to be to me like this uh some of it almost seems like it's almost like a reverse paternalism. Yeah, it's patronizing to a lot of people, and yeah. um, like uh, I mean, we're in Nashville, and uh, we're kind of like in some of the most extreme gentrification in the country. It's not quite as bad as like San Francisco and stuff, but mm -hmm. this is like this new hip city that all these people are moving to, and they, you know, a lot of these are like upper middle class and up. Um, white liberal people who are actually moving and displacing and actually engaging in class warfare against other people. Um, but they're more, you know, they're more concerned about being politically correct and being good people than they are about being what they think is good people instead of their actual actions, which is actually oppressing poor and, and protected groups. I mean, they are actually doing things to uh, disenfranchise people, but you know, but they have this patronizing attitude, like they're better. 
you know, so it's it's very complex and really, really irritating. That's the part that I don't like about this whole thing is that, you know, the virtue signaling and the outrage enables you to be a troll and and affect somebody else. Like if if the, if if none if all this if free speech was totally allowed, then you, you know you really couldn't get in trouble for somebody trolling you. Like you know it opens up and I, and I have a hard time explaining this. You've you've heard me talk about this before, Darren. But somebody I think it was Thaddeus Russell that explained it really well on. And troll is probably not the right word, but. You know, you can go in and fake. Speech. I can go into somebody's chat room and fake being, you know, racist or outraged or whatever. And it's going to get that person in trouble. Like right. it, it opens it up for all kinds of hoaxing. Right. And we're just giving and, a lot and of these people too much power. And and uh, yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not really. Chat rooms are a good example though, though because you'll go into some where the mods are the moderators are very they swing a heavy ban hammer, and so just kind of willy-nilly whenever they want they kick people out and they cause problems and they say oh you use that one stop being a bully so now i'm going to kick you out which to me is a bully tactic and so then everybody in there is either towing the line or they're really mad at them so it creates a lot of struggle and strife and sheep at the same time you know that follow along and tow the line and don't say anything so they don't get banned we're like in the Grimerica chats, like, I I don't, like, we kind of toyed with kicking people out, but that was always just, I thought, a joke. Like, I don't, I can't think of anybody. I like and, to kick Garrett out from time to time, just for fun. Yeah, but it seems like, for the most part, everybody, a lot of people that come in comment on the fact that everything is just, you know, it. It's like a commute, a real community. Yeah, know? or you can, can make up, you know, or you can make up lies about somebody. Like, you know, look at the like the you know the banking thing, like this activism that's you know you're saying, oh, the, you know, you shouldn't be lending money to this guy because of this or that, and who knows if it's true, but it's too late at that point. Like as soon as the media gets hold of some lie, it's too late. It doesn't even matter if it's a, a lie or the truth. So yeah, it's a slippery slope, motherfuckers. Well, it's scary because do exist, Scott Adams. I feel like a lot of the. The young, younger generation. I mean, we have you know First Amendment here, and uh, I feel like a lot of them really just don't believe in it, and it scares the shit out of me because I'm oh, I'm a total yeah. I'm a free speech fundamentalist, you know, and have always been, and I believe in that. I was taught, and I believe in that free marketplace of ideas where, you know, the good ideas are supposed to win out, and you tolerate really bad ideas and terrible shit because you want your own freedom, and that's the same thing with religious, yeah. religious freedom too. So. You know, yeah, I, do, man, I you don't can shine the light on the yeah. hate instead of shoving it underground. You know, yeah. this is what it's for it to fester underground. I mean, this is what's happening. The problem is tolerance. What uh, do you mean? I think people when, don't uh, have uh, enough tolerance for different shit anymore, uh, and they talk about everything else is intolerant, and they've just got it completely fucking backwards. It's ironic. I, I think one of the things that actually really bugs me. We'll go back to the SJWs here for a second. Is that there's a there's a constant redefinition of terms to where you can't even keep up anymore. A uh, good case in point that I saw was that, um, you know, when when you when you think of the word like you know or the the statement like I'm colorblind, meaning that I don't see race. I think that's a pretty positive thing. But I actually saw something one time on Facebook. People are mad about that. On now. Facebook, incidentally, where they say that, that no, that's not a right term. You can't use that anymore because I can't even remember 
the justification that they gave but i was just like you know like i i posted on there like look guys this is orwellian it's arbitrary you know yeah. you're you're just you're just redefining language constantly so how can anybody actually keep up with what they're actually supposed to be talking about you know and in in, in in doing that you just you're just completely just weakening weakening the language and it's like they constantly it seems like there's this like 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 people are just finding oppression where it doesn't exist but they're not actually doing anything about oppression where it does and it's and just, they're creating oppression yeah, in the process and they're create and they're creating oppression in the process and and it's just and it, 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 it's just it's just it's mind-boggling to the point where like I, i'm just throwing my hands and like say i'm you know what i'm not even going to argue because it, it really does kind of scare me how just you know like that's i mean that's we were we made the joke earlier about you know stalin and the censorship of pictures i mean this is the stuff that the soviet union did we're just and that's where orwell borrowed mm -hmm. that whole idea the new speak and all that of just like totally deconstructing language and just you know always giving it a new meaning and it never being anything the same and it, it's just it, it that in and of itself is just like a, a scary slope yeah i've explained a lot of that to my wife who's a midwife and she's a little bit younger, so she was going through school and kind of being indoctrinated into all this over the last five years. And uh, I would point out things like that and how silly it was, you know, like when Trudeau called out that one woman for saying mankind and he said, oh, we call it people kind now. And how yeah. funny that was. She, uh -huh. she didn't get the joke. Well, then one about a year ago, the Alberta Association of Midwives said that we're changing it from pregnant women to pregnant people, and you have to begin referring right. to it as such. Uh-huh. And, right. And my wife showed me that, and I laughed. And then, of course, my seven-year-old daughter was like, what are you laughing at? And then we explained it to her. I explained it because I do that. And she, to look on her face, she couldn't figure out like how that works because she's just kind of learning you know how it all works she's, she's, she's not in reality she's, a she's boy. stuck in reality no and <laughs> so then she's trying to get it wrapped around her head just like how does that work and i'm like man so i can't explain it to you because the whole thing is like I this fucking new mess. thought how can your wife still be a midwife shouldn't she be a mid person no a mid spouse no midwife <laughs> just means someone a center who, wife someone or? who helps it, yeah, I kind of I've done that too, but it has a certain definition. But I just think that's hilarious that it's you have to refer to them as pregnant people, which which makes, that's where that's where Canada is now. Which makes what, no, what makes no sense. Yeah. What I don't get is like mankind is it's it's all of man and woman. Like mm -hmm. woman, man, man. It's there's you know the word is almost well, the same. They already it just don't like the fact time. that they're where they're just an add-on to man. That's the problem. But well, this, it's ridiculous. Man, it's in in, in so context, it's all wolf. of human, human, woman, man. It's all the same. You know right? what? It should be woe and man, and woman should be everybody. Well, the solve another one. <laughs> no, he's not giving me that one. I think Fuck in some you. of the the, I think in the secret uh, linguistics of uh, the nation of Islam and outgrowth of that, I think they they say that woe man, uh, that woman means. 
that woman brings woe to man, and that's the that's the secret of the word. Jeez. Well, we just changed oh, the name boy. of manholes around here. <laughs> They're no longer manholes. They're holes. maintenance holes now. Maintenance holes. And yeah. I was telling her that, and she was just like, "Well, that seems reasonable. It's, it should be. You should take the gender out of it." It's and not as though. Like, it's man is like, mankind. As like, but Again men don't want to send their women into the sewers. Like, when was the last time you mowed the lawn? You know, like, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? There's certain jobs where you just don't want to send your women. You know, you do the dirty work so that well, they don't one, have to. They're well, not your that, women. It's chivalrous. <laughs> it's a manhole. Like, you have to carry that's heavy stuff She's up not and down yours. that ladder. <laughs> like some things men are just cut out for it. We like to beat up on a lot of these people, but also Whatever. I think it goes without saying. When it's saying running into cannon fodder, it's a different story, though. Yeah. I think it goes without saying, though, like me and Adam are kind of just against all this tribalism. And uh, we really don't think too kindly of the authoritarian right wingers either. Yeah. I mean, here you have this, you know, I mean, half of the people flying flags now, it's these like the special black and white flag with a blue line on it. It's like a police supporting American flag. I mean, there's nothing more fascist I can yep. think of than actually change the flag into a police emblem. Yep. And, and that's uh, just that just screams like let's let's just have a police state. You and know? you have all these, you know, you have wow. all these like paramilitary organizations now, you know, you see right. these three percenter decals everywhere and these people are like self appointing themselves that they can just show up wherever with with guns and their walkie talkies and they're gonna, you know, they're like appointed and they're gonna uphold the constitution <laughs> with firearms and you know it's it's absolutely terrifying on the other side. The too. other end. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's it, when yeah. the Ferguson protests were going on, the was it the Oath Keepers showed up, you know, and that could have potentially have been an, an extremely horrible thing. That's if really what had gotten yeah. shot by one of those guys. Or That's what's scary person. is yeah. if in America we have people, these paramilitaries of different extremes actually fighting in the streets well that's and, that's yeah that's and, the and, and eventually, republic guys yeah, that's what that yeah. is <laughs> yeah it is scary because you wonder how how often how long they're going to be able to to go without retaliating to you know antifa types that are beating people up in the streets like eventually shit's going to get real yeah pretty quick. well you've already had the i mean we've already had the antifa fighting the rude boys and all this kind of crap i mean this is just I mean, it, yeah, but it, it has literally gotten, it hasn't gotten out of control yet. Yeah, like it has It know, hasn't. It hasn't. I mean, you know, in the in the Weimar Republic and before the you know the Nazis took over in Germany, that's exactly what you had. I mean, you had the extreme right wing and the extreme left wing fighting each other in the streets. I mean, and and that's uh you know that's that's a scary scary prospect. And I mean, we've got stuff going on right now, guys. That is, I mean, extremely frightening. I mean, we have. This whole, um, these ICE detention centers, and we've got Trump, you know, calling for congresswomen to be sent back home that, you know, three of which were born here <laughs> to, to go back to their own country. I mean, I mean, that stuff like fix that it, is... Fix it, fix it, and then come back and tell us how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is, uh, I mean, stuff like that is just, I mean, to me is disturbing just as much and a lot and of the polarization a lot of theocrats who think that trump is appointed by god yeah that's I mean, that's that's really yeah. deep right now yeah. and going on like crazy um we've got a few lines Mighty chess 
Yeah. Graham's all in, though. This is a thing. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, they. We need to intervene. It's hard to imagine that those people they they do seem to hate America. Like a lot of the the politicians seem to hate America, but I see where you guys are saying there's a there's an extreme on both sides. But but, But, I mean, even if they do, trying to get people to trying to get people to to vote for you when you hate the country. Yeah, I kind of think it's wild that like now if you hear somebody say, "I don't want to get too political," but you know, the very next thing that's coming is fuck Trump. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, and, you know, the- and everybody is okay with that. And if you say anything at all that says, well, that seems kind of harsh, don't you think? Then they just jump on you. Where if you would have done that about Obama, if, if you would have pointed out the ICE detention centers under Obama at the time, it was just like. That he deport- deported crickets, more people than Trump? Crickets. Yeah. If you talked about him supporting the war, the war in Yemen, nothing. Nobody wanted to talk about it or hear about it or nothing. All the drone strikes. I mean, there's right. a lot of situations. It, yeah, that's the problem I have. That's the problem I have. A lot of executive it's orders. Out of con- what Trump does is out of context in comparison to Obama. I mean, what Alex Jones was really complaining about was all these things that Obama was putting with executive orders that were like, the next president is going to be a total tyrant because of the way they're setting all this exactly. up. Exactly. There you go. Trump, that's it. That's it. That's why they're, that's why they're so pissed. Yeah. Well, this is this is the whole thing with our two party system right now is that we have the whole Republicans good and Democrats bad mentality. Democrats good, Republicans bad mentality. You know, th- this is the mentality that we have, and we don't have anybody else. We don't have a lot of people that are more the civil libertarians that are looking at all this and saying that you know, no, I mean. John Mis, misuse of power is misuse of power. It doesn't matter which one is in there. So, like Dinesh yeah. D'Souza, you know, he makes this documentary where he makes some he made some actually really great points about Obama and what he was doing. But and he said, you know, well, this is really concerning, guys. What is going on with these executive orders and this and the growth of this kind of imperial president presidency and the the reach and the power that they have but yet Dinesh D'Souza was entirely willing and others like him were entirely willing to hand that over to Donald Trump and you don't think that guy is not going to use not going to use anything in his means and I want to I'll address the congresswoman thing even if they do hate America even if they do calling for like people that three of which were actually born here to essentially be deported that's as bad no he didn't he didn't say that yeah, you well, gotta be careful you don't take that out of context well, I, he just said why don't yeah. you go back and fix it and tell me and then come back and tell us how yeah it's done. but i mean this he didn't call for any deport like you know yeah this is like you know CNN taking stuff out of context. You got to look at the whole tweet and and be careful you don't just take that one. Yeah, line. But, but he's he's also playing to his base though too, guys. Oh, I mean that's, that's it's a total troll. That's, that's ex- it's a total troll. exactly yeah, yeah. You are you are exactly like, right. It's a, it's a trolling tweet. Yeah. But but but, I think the reality but there is a slippery Trump's slope there. Yeah, there there's right. a slippery slope there, and I you know, it, it, and another thing too, like you know. I will agree with you guys 100%. Like, Trump, I mean, he played the media like a freaking fiddle. And he's still doing it. That's what he did with those with that tweet. Is he's got easy, he's got yeah. them he's got all the media focused on but, them, which is what he wants. But it's interesting how all this kind of stuff, how he started doing that, right when all this Epstein stuff came out. And now there's footage of Trump hanging out with Epstein. See all the whole, you know, the QAnon people, they're all, you know, they're all in about like you know Hillary and Bill hanging out with Epstein, 
but they won't say anything about Trump. Well, Trump was hanging out with Epstein, too. And as soon as all this kind of stuff is going on with Epstein and, like, the guy that uh, basically gave Epstein that, like, nice sweetheart deal became Trump's Secretary of Labor. Yeah. It's supposed and to be any And then all now. of a sudden he comes out with that tweet about these four congresswomen. That's just, I mean, that was just, uh, to me, that was just pure deflection. Well, supposedly this is any I think day all that, that goes way deeper than that. But I think, I don't even oh, think yeah, it is. It goes really Epstein. deep. Epstein's a Google bomb to cover up the fact that Rob Epstein is the researcher right now is testifying in Congress saying that Google's bias could be costing 10 million votes in election. And that's just an election. Who knows what it's costing in the court of public opinion on everything. What yeah. is that? I meant to ask you about that. What does that have to do with the Epstein last name being the same? Well, that's the same thing they did when Fast and the Furious was all over the place, right? Fast and the Furious was blowing up, so they killed that fucking head actor from Fast and the Furious, and you can't use oh, the search engines to find... Oh, all of a sudden, it gets completely overtaken by hmm. search terms. And right now, I think that's what they're doing with Epstein. Uh, I think Epstein will end up either uh, walking, or they'll even uh, just sacrifice Epstein, because who gives well, a fuck? I think they will I think they will sacrifice Epstein, because not, all, all Epstein is is a pimp. He's just a middleman. Do you not he, think there's going to be anything released in these documents, supposedly? Not that's... Uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. If anything is... If anything big happens with Epstein, then... We're in the middle of something fucking major because my take yeah. is that Epstein is probably Mossad. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, I think Peter Del Scott said that. Yeah. Well, they can't. They don't even Mossad know where he got his took down fortune. The towers. Yeah, they, they they don't even know where he got his fortune. Still, I mean, they they're still trying to figure that out. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. I I just never thought that this would be you know. Actually, the so it's focus like a of the whole mainstream weird media. international incident to unpack it. You know, like, I, th I think there's a real possibility the guy was some kind of intelligence asset. Yeah. If he if he was being if essentially, um, I can't remember his name, but the guy who just was Secretary of Labor that just basically resigned because of Acosta. All this. Yeah, Acosta. Yeah, I mean, he was essentially told, and a very not in, yeah, not to do anything. You know, well, yeah. So that's yeah. where I think it's like I don't think we'll ever know. Because any actual court or negotiation or anything that's going on is not fucking happening in the public. Yeah. You know, it's happening in war rooms where they're like, listen, motherfuckers, well, we, what are you doing? Yeah, me and Adam talked about how, you know, the biggest thing the KGB used to do is try to get people in honey traps and expose them as being homosexual. And now, yeah, that, now, 100%. That, now that that's not a big deal. Um, you know, this is like the last taboo thing that they can really use to destroy lives is, you know, messing with kids. Yeah, it's so almost, yeah. It, yeah. it seems like it's the, the, you know, natural go-to for these sick bastards now. Well, the problem, and the, I don't know. Sure I mean, it sure explain why your deep. Congress does a lot of the stuff it seems to do, well, right? It's thing, like, how can you actually think that's a good idea for anybody? There's a lot of blackmail yeah. out there. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to fix that, you've got to wipe out all the data and get rid of it and say, okay, now everybody is back to being free again yeah yeah but don't do it so instead of destroying the entire government you just wipe out the epstein files and say okay no one's got any dirt on anyone anymore just yeah. try and do the right thing you <laughs> fox well i think it, i think it would, no more, 
I think it will go so much deeper though than just Epstein. I mean, he's not—he's just the tip of the iceberg. No, Nick. Oh yeah, Nick's, but that's—I don't think we get to find out. I think Nixium was the like, farm team for him too. I mean, he's connected to Nixium and all as well. They yeah, were the you farm do team find for out, him. And I mean, and you, know, you do and, find out, then maybe it is really that crazy civil war that's going on in the U.S. right now. You know, there's that weird rumor that the NSA is battling the CIA. Yeah, there is I mean, intelligence. So I would civil argue that if, if Epstein starts releasing with high-profile people. If high-profile people start getting arrested, then then maybe something is happening and there's been something to that whole thing, which has kind of been in the back of my head from day one because I always thought it was kind of weird from day one that everyone started calling Trump a Nazi because it was like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, he doesn't really seem that Nazi-ish. But, you know, it does make a lot of sense if you're like, holy fuck, this motherfucker is going to be having me arrested in three years. We better start planting the Nazi seed now. But that was my old thought. Now I think Trump's just another part of the system. Yeah. Well, he's just reeling back in. The, 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 that one base has gotten so far removed from the mainstream grasp. They needed to throw in a wild card to rope them fucking back in. And now they're back to all in. Right left paradigm is stronger than ever. That whole Nexium thing came Good from point. a multi-level marketing company. That actually just morphed into a cult. The the company was the uh, recruiting grounds, and they figure you know they're already brainwashing people, and so then it just I guess the guy decided somewhere down the line, well shit, I'm just gonna make this a sex slavery cult. Has Nexium been a bigger story in Canada than it has been here? Because I know there's like a lot of uh, Canadian actresses that were involved with Nexium. Well, I think our prime minister is somehow involved in that, isn't he, Darren? Really. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have uh, TV or cable. <laughs> I better be careful. About anything that. like that. Yeah, but it. Has, I think it's been a bigger story than down there. Probably. I mean, it, yeah, I think so. Especially if it's. I mean, especially because the media. I mean, the media doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff, so they're not going to address any of these. No agenda has been all over it, and that's where I get my news. Hmm. That's it. That's my source of news. Is the No Agenda podcast. I try not to go any place. I try. I don't. I don't have cable. I don't have a TV. I'm getting the fuck off Netflix here right away. I haven't watched anything on Netflix in a couple of months. I'm just trying to stay off of all of it because I don't see any evidence that any of it is a good idea. What's your main complaint about Netflix? Uh, Well, my main complaint is just a waste of time. I could be doing better things with my time, for one. For two... um, it's probably just propaganda. I mean, I think everything's propaganda. That's kind of where I've ended up in five or six years of doing the podcast. The history's fake. The news is fake. The only reason that there's entertainment at this point is probably to try and, you know, and I'm not saying everyone. I mean, there's still good creators out there that are trying to do the right thing. But I think for the main part, all the movies, all the big major motion pictures are bought and paid for by product placement and by Department of Defense and by whoever the fuck. It's all propaganda. It's all fucking propaganda. History's fake and everything else is propaganda. And that's my (laughs) honest fucking opinion. Yeah, I'd have to double that. So I just don't... There's no point in me sitting here and complaining about it and saying that if I'm still going to go home and watch Netflix for six hours. So I just don't. It's just not a part of my life. Like I said, I I, I went and I torrented the first season of Ancient Aliens so I could watch those again because I felt like doing that. Other than that, if I'm watching something, it's usually, a, you know, I'll watch movies with the kids or I'll watch something on YouTube, which is 
you know, I'll find a documentary. And a lot of them are replays from old stuff that maybe used to be on history or something like that. But, you know, I don't. Uh, Netflix here is terrible, though. It's like 10% of what you get in the States. There's so many movies that I'm just like, like The Matrix. You want to watch The Matrix? There's only the first one. Yeah, I can't even focus on it anymore. You know what it was is when I read Jordan Peterson's book, uh, 12 Rules for Life. And he's like, he does this little experiment in me. And he's like, okay. He's like, you make up all your own definitions here. He's like, you come up with, let's start by coming up with a dollar value of what you think your time's worth. Okay. And once you got that, write that down. And then he's like, okay, now come up with, think how many hours a day you're wasting. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you what's a waste of time. You come up with that all on your own. That's up to you. How many hours? Now time's up by seven. So take your say. And at the time, you know, I was already quite a bit better but not as far down the road as I am now. But when I think back to like 10 years ago, if I would have doing that, you know, I was like, fuck, I'm watching seven hours of TV a night, probably. And it's like, okay, so take, even if the, I'd say the average American, they say is five hours a day. So let's use that number. So take five hours a day, times it by seven days a week. That's 35, 35 hours a week, times that by 52 weeks a year. And, you know, just start times in that by say 20 or $30 an hour and start taking that as potential left on the table. And that's kind of where I look at those new thought books as being a, a good force in society where that's wasting in a time where you've got more options than we've probably ever had in history to forge your own way, to do your own thing. And I mean, sure, we can complain about having to do it on the backs of some of these other companies, but hey, at least we can do it because I'll tell yeah. you what, our grandfathers didn't have that option. It's pretty materialistic of you, though, to put all your hours into making money. Well, no, it's just, I mean, but I'm not calling hanging out with my family a waste of time. I'm not calling wasting my, hanging out with my kids a waste of time. It's by your own definition. And I mean, you attach that dollar value just because that hits home more than most things. He's also a college professor, so he's talking to 20-year-olds that kind of need to wrap their head around that. If I say you're wasting 2,000 hours a year, it just doesn't hit home the same as, you know. But I mean, here's the thing. Now, if you were to take that five hours a day and extrapolate it over a year and then maybe extrapolate that over a 50-year lifetime, that might hit home. Yeah, it made me think of the, your new thought episode. I mean, and you guys talked about that, about how that, you know, in this day and age where that's money so important now that it became the new thought became about manifesting material goods. So, and that you mentioned those books that Darren's been reading. So I was trying to make that connection a little bit. So that'd be 2,000 days over. If you watch TV for five hours a day right now, just say you're watching TV or playing video games five hours a day. Over the course of 25 years, that's 1,895 days solid of television or video games. So that way you can do it too. The money way I think just sort of hits home. to It hit home to me when I was like, Jesus, even if I was working fucking a $20 an hour job for those hours, I'd be making an extra 50 grand a year. Is it worth 50 grand a year? To have cable. Especially when it's so hard to make ends meet these days. I mean, it's not like I think it's way worse than it was 20, 30, 50 years ago with the costs have gone up, you know, four or five times on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And the wages haven't gone up to meet it. I, I mean, it's to way harder. I to get the Discord chats to pay me. That's definitely true. We'll put you on the payroll one day, buddy. Mm-hmm. America.ca slash support. How many, how many <laughs> hours am I wasting on there again? 
<laughs> well, you've, you're number three ranked in the chat. Oh, you wouldn't want to check the amount of hours of days you guys spend in there. It's fucking crazy. But, but it's all, it's all, it's actually good though, because you're, you're, you keep, you're keeping your mind going. Just the audience needs to remember really. though. Audience needs to remember exactly. that you are not wasting your time by listening to hours and hours of our podcasts. Exactly. Right. That's right. It's very, very <laughs> fulfilling, right. intellectually stimulating. You know, it's. It's 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 an alternative to you know just zoning and with out. With audio, you can do other things. Yeah, That's totally. The thing. And we're not we're not trying to get over on you. You know, I think that's kind of what that's that's why I think podcasts and independent content is is uniquely positioned to take over. I think people are kind of sick of overproduced and overpolished anyway, and it's, they're sick of advertisers, and they're sick of everything getting crammed down their throats, you know what I mean? And they're more just like, they'd the rather just listen to, uh, you know, you guys interview someone for an hour and a half and not have to go to commercial every fucking 15 minutes, and, you know, you can't say these words, or, you know, people can actually finish their thoughts. It's kind of like this weird murder, you know? I used to think it was crazy when they said that by 2030, the lines between hobbies and and uh, occupations will have merged to the point that it'll be hard to see. And that was, that was one of Kurzweil's predictions. And I used to think that was a crazy thought. And now when I look towards that as being 10 years out, it's like, man, you know, there's a measurable percentage of people in my life that are are doing what they want for a living. Mm-hmm. And I don't know now, is that people that have gravitated into my life because of my new way of thinking, because I started thinking that it was a possibility to unplug from that machine and do my own way. Uh, I don't know. Cause like you say, the people that read those books and nothing happens, you don't really hear from them so much. Right. But I think part of what happened with the secret and stuff like that is it got spun into that, you know, there's so much entitlement in today's world that it's just like sit on the couch and wish you were rich. It's okay. How would you start by sitting on the couch and think how you can add some value to the world? Right. Start there. Well, and that then, that idea that um, you know that hermetic idea of that you are a part of the mind of God, and that a lot of people, in, inventors, entrepreneurs, artists, say that you know these ideas kind of come from somewhere else, and being open to that, and I think that's the genesis of it all. That you have to have like an idea. You can't just sit around wanting something for nothing you know it's you've got to kind of ask the universe first to to you know provide you with something that you can then ask value for you know and you got to hustle like a motherfucker you got to hustle like a motherfucker and that's where that doing the affirmations and thinking of it i mean that's where i think that even if there's no magic in the world that just sort of puts you in that thought process you know when you wake up in the morning and you do your affirmations that you know i'm gonna do this I'm going to do this. Now I'm starting my day thinking, you know what? I'm on my way to work right now, but one day I'm going to do this. As opposed to, you know, motherfucker, I hate my job. I fucking can't wait to the weekend. I'm going to get a 60-pounder of whiskey and pass out fucking drunk and, you know, just keep doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's sad to see because, you know, I know a ton of people and I see a ton of people that are just, they're in that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, is ignorance bliss? I don't know. But I know... I like to think that I'm a happier person now than with this out- outlook on life than I was, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Without yeah, that's it. the evidence. Absolutely. The feeling, the feeling of freedom and the feeling of uh, more contentment. To me, it's not necessarily happy as content and, and being free, being okay with the moment, you know, not looking forward, like not being obsessed with the weekend instead of like just being okay with like tonight. 
Yeah, well, that's the whole thing out. is, yeah, reality as it is. Yeah. And being equanimous in the moment. Every moment, no matter what comes. Yeah. Bingo, bango. Should we wrap it up? I don't know. It's about, it's it's been, about two hours. It's been awesome chatting with you guys. I mean, I was oh, going to yeah. say that when, nice to meet you guys. When you guys were when you guys were talking about that other that other stuff, and then I th- I was thinking the the light and the and the and the positive thing is getting to talk with people like yourselves, and like you know, regardless of what Out our of opinions are, is having these having these we can even argue yeah, and disagree absolutely. about certain things, but it's like it's, it's a, just it's, fantastic it's to a, have these you know. It's a free discussion. And it's it a, seems it's like a free it's, exchange of ideas. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like it's people like yourselves and like the Conspiracy Farm or Tinfoil Hat or THC, like Snake people that are Rose. doing this, that's just fantastic to be able to talk. Oh, and the community. I mean, that's yeah. the main takeaway we've got is the community that's come up around the Grand America show. But without getting tribal. Amazing. Like, I think the thing we're missing is that tribalism that you guys are talking about, the negative part the of The new media doesn't right? have it. Like, Mm-hmm. We don't. Yeah, need we've got a lot listeners. of different people who don't agree with each other on a lot of stuff. Who all yeah. listen to us? I yeah. mean, yeah. It, even in even like the crossover between the shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no yeah. competition. Yeah, we don't we don't need to steal your listeners, or you know, there's not that, and and that's not just us and you guys. I just noticed that across the fucking media. Yeah, across yeah. the medium, like we're in touch with most of the shows in our genres, and. You know, they're all all saying, "Hey, let's do swap cast. Let's do this. Let's promote each other. Let's help each other." Let's, I mean, to me, that's all different variations of new thought. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a uh, there's a revolution going on. I think with the podcasting world, I think it's very much uh, a new frontier still. And it's pretty much the oldest thing known to man. It's us just getting together and right. talking. I mean, right. What can be talking? Like, you know? That's a that's a mm-hmm. great point. That's do you guys a have a point. Discord? No, we do no. not. Well, you should come join ours. We'll give you special colors. So, okay, do you cool. guys think that podcasting is still <laughs> is still up on on the rise? Like, do you yeah, guys are still people get yeah. in there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's there's times that I think that I might get discouraged and think, well, maybe there's like you know, I'll see like the um, the millions and millions of podcasts that are out there, but then I kind of look at like my, my the numbers and I think you know well I think we're doing pretty well I don't and think then you get a you know, personal message from somebody you yeah. know really connected with something and right exactly right yeah. I mean yeah. I, I think that's uh, one of the shows uh, I just listened I think it was uh, I think Graham I think you said this that there's millions of podcasts but a lot of them aren't getting past a certain episode number or something like that yeah but ninety three percent of podcasts never get past episode seven right Damn. And, you know. W- w- both of us are way past that. <laughs> so yeah. I think a lot of people yeah, and though, we like to do it for the conversation, which is important. I think there's, I think we there's, might there's hit 400 this year. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll hit 300 soon, but there's a, there's a certain stamina, I think that, that goes into this and really just like dedication into doing it. And I think certain, you know, some people say, well, it wouldn't be cool if we did this. And then they don't see the media, the immediate return on it that they think that they should and then they give up and you know yeah i think that's i think that's unfortunate because there is there does seem to be I, there's some there does seem to be some like a little frustration that i have sometimes in the fact that you know we are these guys that have been doing this and doing this and doing this and for years now and you know you'll have this famous person that will 
come up and start their own podcast and then all of a sudden they just get millions of listeners instantly and it's yeah. like oh come on you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah they're few and far between though. yeah that's how it's going to be though i yeah. think you gotta stay positive I mean, for and, most uh, people it's got to be two or three years of fucking trucking it out before you before yep. you're going to start to see any real return gotta keep that yep. positive mental attitude Exactly. Yeah, and I mean that's part of that. Uh, I mean, uh, to me, that's another variation of that new thought of just being able to stick with something for years and doing it every week and having that dedication. Not be attached not to the ever result. Knowing if it's going to be um, successful, or not. successful or not, financially or otherwise. And there's something weird about just putting yourself out in the world. Yeah, you know, I feel like you know, there's something therapeutic about it. When you can put yourself out in the world and people can say, I can, you know, like you just for who you are. You can't take that for granted, man. We we love every single one of our listeners. We couldn't do it without, without those guys. There'd be no point in doing the show. Yep, same, same here. here. Same here. Because no one would come on. That way, tell your friends and support the show, though. Grammarica.ca slash support. What's your guys' support link? Uh, we could, uh, could Patreon. Patreon.com slash Conspiranormal. Yeah. We're revamping Conspiranormal.com right now. Got some big announcements on the way. Yeah. You guys are doing an event too, aren't you? Yeah. That's the, uh, the big, big announcement. You want to go for it, Adam? Announcement. Yeah, well, well, I'll just say it right now, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, we are putting on an event here um, in Nashville on October 19th called the Strange Realities Conference. And uh, we're going to have several people that we've had on the show quite a lot, um, actually. We've uh, got uh, Tim Banal coming, Joshua Cutchin, I guess you guys had on not too long ago. Uh, Timothy, yeah. R- Timothy Renner, uh, who's the host of the Strange Familiars podcast, also an author. Guy Malone, and a good friend of ours named Joe that's also going to be demonstrating some ghost hunting technology that he has. And uh, I'm going to speak probably just briefly Ooh, but uh nice. then we, a party with bands at night yeah yeah and then we may have there may be two more speakers jumping on here in the next couple of weeks so that's uh october 19th here in nashville tennessee that's great good Exciting. job exciting yeah fantastic. congratulations good luck uh i know those will be a nerve-wracking few months for you i hope yeah. everything goes well we just finished one and it was a fucking couple near heart attacks but everything went well <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Yeah, we're hoping that we're going to do smaller ones. Off. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do smaller ones. We did like the, a 10 day one and it's just it's just too much. I think we'll do like yeah. weekends and something like you're doing where you get yeah. multiple people and it's a little easier to logistically organize. And then yeah. we can do more, more smaller ones throughout. You know, I'd like to do sort of themed ones like with get with guests and, you know, maybe one on, you know, spirituality and magic and one on uh, conspiracy, deeper conspiracies and symbolism or something like that. And maybe, you know, we'll do one on. But there's so many topics. Yeah, that's kind of where we're going. Do you want to talk about one plan? We got the one coming up in April. Yeah, with Dave Matheson, Brandon Powell. Cool. Check out the website, contact at the cabin dot com. All the details there. It's already half sold out, so they don't fuck around. Is that going to be in Colorado again? It's in Utah. Utah? Okay, cool. It's cool. between uh, between Bryce and Zion. So okay. we're going to do one night and do all the star myths and some sky watching in Bryce and then Zion. And then, then during the day, we'll do some Wim Hof breathing and some ice cold uh, cold plunges and stuff like that with Brandon Powell. Brad, Brad. Cool. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on the show, guys. It's been a blast. Sure. We'll have to keep doing these. Yeah, yeah we man. should. 
Thank you guys Anytime. for having Anytime. us. Right nice on. to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Adios. Adios, mofos. <laughs>